This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. Um, and look, not a lot going on in the World Rugby League this week. Uh, we'll probably branch out into some other topics later in the show as well as <laughs> your questions. But there is, <laughs> there is a skerrick of rugby league news to get to, I guess. Mitchell, there are a couple of little things that happened this week. So let's jump into those first. Um, the Titans have locked down their engine. Oh, sorry, the Titans. Redcliffe, not Redcliffe, the Dolphins. The other. Having a great fucking start to this show. The Dolphins have locked down their engine room for their inaugural season, securing the contracts of Jesse Bromwich and Mark Nichols for 2023. Yeah, and they're looking, well, they're talking to Kenny, which is obvious. But what mm. Jesse's reported is up between the six to 650 range. I don't know what Mark Nichols' reported salary is, but I mean, I don't think it could have gone much worse for the Dolphins so far. Mm. And I think a lot of that comes down to the process in place to put them as the expansion team. I think, firstly, if you remember when the Gold Coast Titans happened, like people will speak about a Gold Coast team for a couple of years, and then they were get approved in May of 2005. So they had till two, essentially two full years to assemble the roster. They had, but you know, pretty much two calendar years of rugby league contracts they had there. They had that from May 2005. They were announced, and they got to lead in. And I think from like the Red, the Dolphin stuff happened really fast. And I think if they gave it another year, this might go a little better. But it was like there was no excitement for an expansion team before this. There was no, this team is coming. This team is coming. You know, they're talking about it. And if there was, before the current admin, that excitement was about a Perth team. And I get that right now, like a Perth team couldn't happen anyway. And I'm past that part. I know they made the decision. They made their quick decision on what they thought whatever, you know, it's a, it's a good idea because it's a Peter Vlandis idea and that's all went into it really. But you can really see the flow-ons of like making the decisions so late that they've had to cobble together really quickly and a lot they missed a lot of the players off contract already. Maybe if they had a couple of more months, they would have thought about overpaying. You know, maybe they would have gone harder at Christian Welch. Maybe they would have gone harder yeah. at Brandon Smith or maybe Brandon, you know, maybe they make sure they... If Brandon Smith says what he said to them, they still get Reed Marnie. But it's like it happened so fast. They missed all like the good young players of contract. So now they're doing this backtracking with like, let's be honest, they're not going to be great players in 2023. Like the Brom Jesse or Felice or Mark Nichols. And Jermaine Asako's there as well, but he hasn't been a good player for a while and whatever. Like they just it feels like they've already got to the desperate overpaying veteran part. When, and they've, they've already missed the boat on overpaying like a good young player. Like, if you could overpay Kalen Pong a $1.5 million a year, I think that's worth it for them. Like, give me Kalen a $1.5 million over anyone they've signed so far. The, the only thing I'll say in their defense is that it's not a bad strategy if you whiff on your main targets to go after some guys on, I mean, what are these going to be, one or two-year deals who you know are decent first grade rugby league players and yes it will be another year and these guys are definitely very much coming to the end of their careers but these are transitional signings in a way these are guys that you can get in for the first year of your existence who you know won't let you down they won't disgrace you they'll do a job maybe you probably won't make the finals with with signings of this caliber but they're not they're not bums basically is what i'm saying and 
maybe that's the best road for them whilst they work behind the scenes to try and land someone in the age bracket and the quality of Kalen Ponga in yeah. a couple of years time. Like that's really the only way I can defend it. And if that is what they're doing, then fine. Uh, but yeah, but there's not really any signings that, that blowing the roof off the time your doors made right that decision now. though, was it really? That's the thing. It's like, if that's the best way that this apparent juggernaut third team in Brisbane, like it, expansion team a new expansion team first team added in what 15 years was supposed to be something mm. to have this disinterest i think that's an issue like i know what you're saying it's it's not the worst result and, and waiting and seeing what happens but and i do agree like, like jesse bromwich is past his best and i think people just haven't noticed because he's at the storm like often they just don't like you know that and if he was worth five fifty thousand dollars a year the storm would pay him it you know that's not or five hundred fifty six or whatever it's if if he was worth that in their eyes, and they're generally rarely wrong about that. Like they've obviously lost players who played well elsewhere. They've obviously, they're, they're not infallible, but they're generally rarely wrong on a good player when they won't meet your salary, meet a salary. They're generally rarely wrong on that. And I think that's the, the issue I've got here with like Felice and, and with, uh, with Jesse Bromwich. Felice is like a three-year deal. Jesse's two. And I know what you're saying, but Jesse will be 34 then. Mm. And I would really like the signing if we maybe, you know, maybe they went and got a Regan Campbell-Gillard who was talking shit about going there. It never felt real, but maybe they got like Campbell-Gillard, like Brandon Smith and like a Reid Marnie, I don't know, something like that. And then you bring Jesse on like 400 or 450. I'd actually really like it then for what you're saying because I know they can't all be superstars and they're going to have some guys who are from reserve grade when they start. And then Jesse is like that good experienced guy for two years at a new club. Sounds fantastic. It's just the way it's happening that really concerns me. And like it just looks like they're going after Kenny as well, and it's it just looks at me like, why are you signing all the ex Storm players and it's expecting that will just work for you? Like, it's worked for every other team that's done it. Yeah, it has. I mean, <laughs> that's it. They've like some of these guys go, and you know there is a few who've gone on from forwards at the Storm and played well, like Tohu Harris, for example, or Tohu mm. Harris. So he moved on. He's been great, but he got paid like a million bucks, but. Very often when a, club, a, a team comes in for, for players and the Storm will go, don't even match the offer. Very mm. often it's, you know, it's what happens with your Kevin Proctor, you know, your Jordan McLean or your Tim Glasby's, like those kind of guys. And the ones they did try and keep, that they couldn't keep, they did try and keep Brandon, but it was really hard for them to keep both Brandon and Harry because Brandon wanted to be the hooker, but they did keep Christian Welch. There's the Storm player that the Dolphins made an offer to and didn't overpay. That's the one they should have overpaid. You know, they missed that boat. And they missed a lot of boats. And that just concerns me for this club. And, and then meanwhile, during that, the reports are, and as always, at the public, I don't know at what point does the public, rugby league public, and people who work in the game too, realize at some point to maybe stop taking the older guys to Storm don't give a shit about anymore. Like, just maybe don't. Like, they're re-signing Jack Howarth, apparently, who we've spoken about a few times. He got drafted in our expansion draft. But Jack Howarth, apparently, 500K a year. And I saw some people laughing at the article. And it's like, you guys... It, you guys fucking stupid. Like how many times does Storm have to do this? Do they have to have this dude they've been grooming for like three years that nobody knew existed and then comes into first grade and is immediately a star for you to realize mm. that maybe the Dolphins themselves should have gone, hey, what's who's this young fella? They're going to pay yeah. a lot of money. And then in two years time, he's on that list of guys they rattle off when they're saying, oh, they've got this guy, this guy, and this guy. How yeah, are they under exactly. the salary cap? Like it's Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, yeah. I, the only other thing I'll say is that Obviously, you are a lot more in tune with the current form of 
some of these guys that they're signing than the average fan is. And I think that mm-hmm. optically signing the Bromwiches and Felice Cafusi no. and Mark Nichols, who just played in the grand final, are good signings. And they don't have to win you over. They have to win over the average fan who just automatically will, will assume, for better or worse, well, this guy's coming straight from the Melbourne Storm. This guy's played State of Origin or this guy's played for New Zealand. Mm-hmm. He must be good. I get that, but that only lasts a couple of weeks. You know? That's <laughs> like, true. That's true. That, that is, unless they play well, it, does, it doesn't last. And, you know, guys like Jack Howarth, who, you know, he hasn't played much reserve grade because he did his hammy twice this year. They've, they've been going on him for a while. As you said, keep him on the boil. But you, as you just said, they exactly will be that type of guy in two years' time. Think of this bloody superstar. We, we, you know, 2023, he'll be better than the guys the Storm of the, the Dolphins have signed. I'll guarantee it for you right now. There you go. There's a take. Mitch Doyle's guarantee. There you go. Yeah. But like, it's just like when they, and I know Tino got poached for a lot of money. But when they had Tino for Sumo Ali, he was coming through. People had no idea who he was. And people laughed at the Titans deal. And I actually said at the time, I liked the Titans deal. You know, same way I would like if the Dolphins poached the next guy. Because it very rarely happens to the Storm. Just like when I was, you know, I'm the guy, the nut job on Twitter talking about Harry Grant two years ago. And no one knew who he was. And I'm not trying to put credit to myself. It's discredit to other people, not credit to me. Discredit to others in the game that like still in 2022, the Storm been doing this like 15 years. And instead of maybe thinking, what about the young fellows coming at the storm? We just still go back to the old fellows at the storm. And I did think that the Dolphins have potential to hurt the storm more than Brisbane. I've said that when we did the expansion pod. I don't, and because Brisbane hasn't even got talent to lose anyway. But I thought they might have actually, you know, taken some of the junior base, and that hasn't happened yet. And it still might happen. But, you know, talking about Kenny next, it's like, who's coming after that? Are you bringing Will Chambers back? Like, yeah. I don't know what's Ryan Hinchcliffe? Maybe Jordan McLean's got one more year in him. You know what's Ryan Hinchcliffe up to? Like McLean is a weird one because like the rest of the guys you mentioned were like relatively old when they left, whereas he was the guy that everyone sort of did kind of think at the time that he was going to go oh, on. And I become. thought so did I. Yeah, I, I was wrong on that. That's one of the ones I thought would go and play well. I mean, Kevin Proctor I also thought was a bit, a bit garbage when he left, and he wasn't that old either. But that's that's more like if they if the Storm don't get in the wheelhouse of that guy, generally. It's for a reason, I think. And Tino is more of a surprise one. Like, they just couldn't master 750K all of a sudden for a dude that was on a yeah. rookie deal. Yeah. You know? Like, they wanted to keep Tino. But, yeah, most of the time it's like, yeah, go ahead, take him. We'll, we'll just play this next really good guy we've got there. And, you know, and, and again, like I know he's in legal trouble right now, but I'm not even the biggest Tui Kamakamitha fan, but it's like, you know, Maybe you realize they've also they also like you know grooming guys like him right now. He would he probably cost you nothing. Yeah, whatever. It's just a big. It's a concern. And it's not. I don't think it's all that. What I start when I started what I was saying there. I don't think it's all the Dolphins' fault because they kind of got asked to throw it together really fast, and that's a real big challenge. And when your main like, I I have said this before. People from Sydney don't understand that like the geography of Brisbane isn't like Sydney. It's not. Like how Sydney, there's people who are like, you know, there's Manly, there's the North Shore, there's the Northwest, there's the Western suburbs, there's, mm. you know, the inner West, there's the, and people generally, you know, they identify in those little, I'm not going to say ghettos, but, you know, little, little, little regions. Enclaves. It's like that Enclaves. Yeah. It's not like that in Brisbane. It's not the same. And, but we apply what we think here to there. And we see Redcliffe on the map, not far from Brisbane. We think it's Brisbane. It's a retirement village. 
No one gives a fuck. <laughs> it's a, I think another Brisbane team, any any of them, even the ones, even though I wanted Ipswich the most, I think all of them was a bad idea because we just apply what we think know about Sydney and thinking it'll just work up there. But they did that on the short lead. They did that, and then the only draw they got, and as much as I love him, but like seventy-year-old Wayne Bennett isn't a draw anymore for guys who are like 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. They're not. It's not. That's like, sad. Like, and he's not. I know people are talking to him now, but I'll tell you, he's not doing the recruitment work. I know Mark Nichols is obviously involved in some of it, but like he would have been on his farm this entire offseason. Like he's like a I, renter coach now. <laughs> I did laugh at that when um they announced the Nichols thing the other day. Some like Roosters fan on Twitter was like, oh, you see, Wayne, he's, he's doing it again. He's, he's destroying Souths after he leaves. I was like, yeah. yes, because he signed one 33-year-old rotation prop. Cool. Yeah, that's it. And it's like, yeah, like he's probably on the farm and that's, but that's what they signed up for. You know, they know that and like Wayne will be, he'll get the best out of those guys when he gets them there, but he's not really assembling the roster. So, you know, it's just, it's just not that big of a draw card. You know, if you wanted to go to Brisbane already, there's two teams in the region you could have gone to. If you want to play for a great coach, like players want to play for Wayne, but like guys want to play for Bellamy and Trent Robertson more, you know, it's not like it was. For Wayne, so it's just and it, and the short term put together, it just it spells a bit of a disaster. And it's I said it last week, but I just don't it doesn't sit well with me because it's the only decision so far that can't be reversed. They're not going to get rid of the Dolphins, and it, yeah. it's and I'm happy for them to prove me wrong, but it just feels like we're on a path of mediocrity. And I thought expansion in rugby league was supposed to make more teams like the Knights or the Broncos or the Cowboys or the Storm, like teams that really like own a region and own something, you know, and, and they feel like the Knights, you, you'd love to create another Knights and maybe there's potential to do that at like Adelaide, even if it's not Perth or something, you know, but mm. you're just not going to get that from the Dolphins. No, and absolutely. I guess not. it's okay, but I just thought we were looking for more, I wouldn't say the kind of juggernauts, but more one town team kind of things. But instead we just went for more Sydney stuff. That's what we know. I about, mean, so. you look at the A-League and this is the exact problem that they mm committed themselves like this is the exact trap they fell into with their expansion if people don't know um they brought in the wanderers which was awesome that was a really big boost for the a-league they made so much the biggest the biggest sort of football area in the country pretty much like the most constant one of the biggest concentrations of a football football fans across a couple of those a couple of those districts out there like fairfield liverpool bankstown Mm. that type of area and it made sense and everyone got around them and they were good from the start and they made good signings and they, they were filling out their stadium. It was great. But then the other expansions they've done since, like getting a second Melbourne team. And again, it's not, it's just, it's much like Brisbane. Melbourne is not Sydney. There was no need for a second Melbourne team. Well, the Melbourne victory remained the most popular team. No one, I, no one goes for Melbourne city. No one, even though, even though they the win things the now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's they, like, they, they absolutely are like, they're, they're a great comparison for the dolphins. Yeah. They really are out of all the ones you can make in Australian sport. Because again, you think this is a big city. Uh, yeah, it's, it's fully get it, but we'll just put another team there. It, it's not like it. it's not like the Gold Coast Suns or the GWS Giants where they was forcing a square peg into a round hole. The peg was going mm-hmm. in the right hole. It was just you know already filled, and then yeah, they it. doubled down by doing that again with the MacArthur Bulls team, who apart from our good friend Nick Canton, I couldn't tell you a single MacArthur Bulls fan, and. They did it again in Melbourne with a third Victorian team called Western United, who no one gives a shit about. So I just worry that, and obviously it won't be the same because there's an appetite for rugby league no matter where you go that there just isn't with the A-League. But it's, it just it just worries me in the same way. And 
I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt with these signings. I've tried to play devil's advocate with you here, like with why they're doing the things that they're doing, but like there's really not much to be excited about so far. Mate, well, what are you saying about MacArthur? Like, I know A-League crowds are not the best in general, but they have had games this year with like 1,000 people at them, 2,000 people, and that's the gate. That's the numbers they're publishing. We always know they're trying, they're trying to hide them, but they had an, I know last year's coronavirus affected, but last season they had an average attendance at 3,500 people. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? But yeah, like... I think they hosted exactly a what... finals game last year, and I yeah. don't know if more than like... 3,000 people went. So, yeah. And, and exactly what you're saying there, mate, is like, we just, Melbourne City are people, again, I'm not an expert on Melbourne, but it wasn't my job to, to do the expansion. I remember at the time people were saying, like, why wasn't this put in, like, you know, Geelong or somewhere else, like actually given somewhere for it to be its thing, because the team that got given Melbourne is already there, you know, and that's the same thing with Sydney. It's like the Western, like, Sydney and Western Sydney have a massive split. That's a thing. It was perfect. And then MacArthur's like, oh, yeah, we're kind of near. We're, like, we're just here, though. Like, there's Sydney and, there's, and we're just here, like, support us? Like, I don't um, know. Their, their highest crowd was their last... They didn't host a final. I was mistaken. They, they, they were away in the finals. But um, their highest crowd was the last week of the regular season where they'd already clinched a final spot and they got 5,000 mm. people. That's, that yeah. Best, see, that was their best. But, crowd. yeah, that's... Though, the, yeah, that's it. And... Those feel like the comparisons and Australian sport has been really bad at expansions. It really has. Like there's been some great ones. The Western Sydney is for whatever sport you follow and, and, and whatever it's happened from there, like Western Sydney in the last, what is it? It's over. It's a decade or plus, whatever. Uh, That's yeah, been 20, the best 12, one there. 13, yeah, around there. Before that, like the NRL nailed it with, you know, Brisbane, Cowboys, Warriors, Knights. They did. They yeah, got shit loads wrong to can be, yeah. but they also got like, more wrong than they got right at that time. The crushes, <laughs> like, for example, but, the the, the but, six yeah. other Gold Coast teams that didn't take before the Titans, and the and the Titans um, isn't really a hit either. It's not, it, so, but they're like, you know and, what? We'll put another team and, up there. And even There's with people the storm, there, even with the storm, they kind of just got lucky that they've just been like perpetually brilliant for yeah. like their entire existence. Like God knows, like if you take. For example, you if you take the Storms' fortunes since their inception and and put them replace them with like Parramatta, for example, or the Bulldogs, that team yeah. is averaging thirty thousand fans to like a game oh, yeah. season season season, and they're they're a they're a huge presence in that area. And on the flip side, if you take you know Parramatta or Newcastle's form over the last decade and and plop that in Melbourne, like you show to think of just how little impact they'd have on the area. So who knows? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, that, that's it, mate. Like it's, and that's what's been so hard to get on board. And then the things that have happened since it makes it even harder to get on board. And you just sit there and wonder, like, are they just going to be like, they want another Brisbane Broncos, but you can't do it. It doesn't work like that. Like, and they just thought the people in Brisbane, it'll work. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll see. We'll see. But yeah, it just feels like it'll be another team like the Titans. It'll be okay. You thought you're making some other juggernaut. And it doesn't really bring a lot of value to the league. Well, I, you know, and I know that the rugby league doesn't follow the expansion, the views that me or yourself have, or ambitious views of what some others have. But you just wish if we were going to do it, it goes like an Adelaide or a Perth or even a second New Zealand team or something. But instead, we got one of these and it's not going away. Uh, The fighting mongooses will get there one day. (laughs) They will. All right. Uh, well, we said we didn't have much footy news, but that took ages. So good job by you. Um, Tyrell Sloan has re-upped with the Dragons. Uh, that's that's a nice little bit of business by them. Everyone 
everyone everyone we know associated with the Dragons likes Taylor Sloan. I like what I've seen from him as a player. Still a teenager, right? He's still 19. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good little uh, upgrade and extend. I mean, he deserves an upgrade, obviously, and extend at the end of 2024. And I think they've done it at the right time because, you know, if they have a tough season and he plays well, it's always harder to talk to those players and keep them around. But yeah. they've done it at the right time and probably aren't paying him huge biscuits because I don't think right. there was much of a market yet. But I do think he's a really good talent, and I, and I hope to see him well, hopefully starting there somewhere this year or at least playing with 14. We, we know growth's not linear. We're the poster boys for that theory. But it is nice that they've got him, the Fay guys, Jaden Sullivan, Junior Monet, like all kind of locked in for the next few years. Like that's a nice little something to get excited about at least because obviously yeah, I don't f- think they're going to be doing much this season. Well, the Fanai brothers are weird because they've been around for a while, even though they're young guys. It, it feels like I know they're only they're only 20, right? But because I've been here about this until like 16, it's like it feels like yeah. it's been forever. But I'm really hoping that yeah, they get some footy in first grade this year. Like that's the thing for them. They do they do have, as you said, they have got a lot of young talent and they've always had it down there. Maybe they can figure it out, but it also does feel you're being a bit hopeful with when <laughs> it all goes in this year. But, you know, like I like Tyrell Sloan. I like the Fanai, as you said. Uh, you know, I don't mind. Um, oh, God. I think, why have I lost his name? The uh, Jaden Sullivan, mm. you know, and they still have Ben Hunt there. But there's just the, the veterans. You're not really impressed by a lot of veterans down there. Hey, and I mean, they sign like Woods, Burgess. Uh, yeah. Hey, they got Daniel Olaro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Daniel Alvaro, Andrew uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Moses, I forget. I I signed Moses and like, doesn't feel a need at all. That's yeah. No. So you just hope those guys don't take football away from guys like Sullivan, Sloan, and they probably will. They'll probably come round one, have all those guys in first grade, and maybe like yeah, one, you know, again, one one of them is the fourteen or one of the young fellows, and the rest. Again, of them though, it's, it's not terrible if like if they're bracing for this year to be transitional and yeah those guys that are in round one and they go poorly to start the year and yeah. then you start seeing more and more of those young guys as the season goes on. I think that's not too bad. That's it's not. I mean, yeah. I mean, I reckon their, their round one lineup will be very different to their round I, I, 16 lineup. I firmly agree with that. Like, because um, round Brent, one, they're probably starting like Cody Ramsey and Ravalava on the wings and probably yeah. like Lomax and Suli in their centres. And by at fullback or is he at 5-8? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't know. Well, no, Sloan, you'd Sloan, think Sloan, Sloan did enough back, right? to play fullback, and then you'd yeah. probably have M-, M by and Ben Hunt in the halves. Yeah, it's not that bad. When you, it's not that bad when you say it out loud, to be honest. It doesn't sound that bad, but that's what happens in the offseason. These things don't yeah, sound that bad. True. And, and, and then they play true. out, and you're like, Jesus Christ, the team really went and put, you know, yeah. Suli, Ramsey, and um, M by on one edge of the field with like Tarek Sims. And you're like, they have some team George, really did that. <laughs> yes. George Burgess and the ghost of Andrew McCulloch holding down the middle. All right. Yeah, yeah with like, with like, oh, that's my big concern for them, mate. Like, that middle is like mm. Josh Kerr, who's fine. Jack DeBellin, who's still fine. Uh, then like Josh McGuire, Aaron Woods, George Burgess. It's just I like, I they signed Aaron Woods too. Exactly. Jesus. I, and, yeah. I, and I actually think the Frank Molo signing is good, but it happened so long ago, we've just forgotten about him. But again, it's like yeah. there's a lot of probably mediocre guys that are probably going to get minutes before him because that's just kind of what, like Griffin likes those old dudes. So, yeah. Anyway, um, Sloan, good re signing. Yeah. Good job by them. Uh, Brendan Elliott has signed with the Cowboys. Okay. What are they doing? I <laughs> just I, every I, time. I don't know. He's all right, okay. Brendan Elliott. Oh, he, he tries hard. Yeah, it's just. I know that he's okay. I don't mind just, to be quite honest with you. Like they signed like him and Hick. Good cover signing. 
they just like hooked on, and that's been for a long time. They hooked on mediocre backs. Oh fuck! It's not even for this year. It's for next year. Is it? That's well, according to Wikipedia, it says twenty twenty three onwards. But that could definitely be wrong. It has to be this that. year. That that, that would be different. outrageous. Let me click on the story real quick. No, twenty twenty two. Wikipedia. Yeah, like that, that that would be insane. That would be <laughs> ridiculous. Um, yeah. There you go. I, I mean, had a good time with the Lee Centurions. So they got they got a couple of good young backs there. You'd hope they they'd give minutes to before Brendan Elliott plays. But uh, where does you know, um they've got Hiku remember as well, which just seems weird when they have like Canelli Lemelelu. God, I screwed that up. And uh, they got the hammer. You know, got Val. <laughs> where where do you think Michael Luck ranks on the most commonly misspelled player names rankings? I got him top three. Oh, he him Robbie Farah. Oh, I was two. including like all sports, but my okay. but my my number one rugby league one is Isaac Luke, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say the third one's and, Luke. Those are the three forever. And, but Dwayne Wade is always going to be number one. Yeah, I mean Dwayne Wade and Michael Luck. That's on them. If anyone doesn't like, know, Michael Luck's name is spelled with the E and the A, the the wrong way around, to the point where even if you type in his name correctly on Google, it autocorrects and says, "Did you mean yeah. Michael Luck?" with like the right spelling. Weird one. Yeah, and it, that has to be that. Like, honestly, that's just parents not being able to spell Michael. And just honestly, like legit. What else can it be? Uh, and like, I don't understand why if you're like, just don't correct it. Like, I don't know why, but it's still like that because like, Dwayne is like a deliberate thing. It's dumb. Yeah, do we Yane? But yeah. yeah, I don't. I think Michael Luck just an accidental one. But yeah, great, great signing for the Cowboys to add to the, I don't the other really enthusiastic he, veteran okay. signings. Uh, Milford's likely to sit the full year out. I look forward to this being blamed on South something. Yeah, I mean, this was already going to. I think the interesting tidbit I didn't, I didn't know that came out in the last story that it seems that he would have been registered earlier, but South had done made a mistake in the original contract, so that's why he can't be registered since. And obviously, he's going to go back to Brisbane and fight the case. And I know people were like, oh, South's giving up on Milford. It's like, well, they're not allowed to have him. <laughs> and then the weird story is like, oh, maybe there's a Knights Lifeline, for example. It's like, it doesn't matter what club it is, people, he can't register a contract. So he'll yeah. be in Brisbane to his court cases sorted. And maybe that's the, yeah, hopefully it's earlier for him this year. And, uh, and then we'll see what the verdict there. And if he's free to play, it seems like his next football will probably be the Dolphins next um, year. How uh, this story came out a couple of hours ago. How many paragraphs into this story about Herbie Farmworth being interested in the Dolphins do you think they mentioned Manchester United? God, that has to be second paragraph, third paragraph. So it, is it Pete Bedell? It has to be second. Uh, no, it's uh, Travis Main. But um, oh, Pete Bedell light. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, I mean, that would be a good, good signing. I really like Herbie Farmworth, and I so think do I. Be, you'd be pretty annoyed to lose him, right? He'd be Not like the only annoyed, one like mildly could, annoyed. Is it the only guy off contract that I'd be annoyed about losing? Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting one because I feel like they could get him if they like, offered him fullback or something, but also that's a massive gamble you're taking on him being a good fullback. But I, I do think it's an interesting one because Brisbane have a bit of, I don't know, they've got, they've got a lot of outside backs and they've already paid Stags who stayed in the centres and it's like, I don't know, can they afford to pay up on, on Herbie? Maybe they can, but I'm hoping the Brisbane Broncos keep him, but I do think out of all the the blows they could land from the Broncos, that's like the only one that makes a difference. Because other guys off contract are like they've already taken a Sarko, then there's like Corey Oates and nobody else. So they can have the rest of them. Oh, Jake Turpin, yeah. they can have Turpin as well. Go ahead. Um, one other one, fun one, a little bit, little bit of a fun one. Um uh, fun one. yeah, Josh and Scott Drinkwater are gonna help Germany qualify for the World Cup. I liked that. Yeah, yeah. I did it. There's um Drinkwater there's someone else. Um, Surely there's someone else who can join him. Well, Anthony Griffin will be the coach. 
<laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't have said that. Oh well. But it's nice. Um yeah, that's a nice story. Uh, is it not the next it's... World Cup though? Not this current one? Yeah, it's twenty twenty five one. Yeah. Well, the qualifying's already done for this one. It's supposed to have already happened. Yeah, right? no, it's the same. Like, yeah, it's, so jo- oh, okay, Josh, I'm about to say, kind of, surely they're getting on by then. Yeah, Josh will be a bit old, but he'll be fine for Germany. Next one's in France, too. Germans, historically, good record there. Yeah, they should be fine. There's got to be other guys. <laughs> like, other guys with German heritage that are, that are, ch- are, ch- are chiming by then, too, surely. Um, there's got, I'm just not going to make any more jokes. They'll qualify, mate, they'll, like, they should qualify in the back of those two players alone, though. Like, or if those uh, guys are playing qualifiers. Yeah, probably. Um, there's got to be someone. Robbie Fuhrer. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Just, Matt Moylan's definitely one of them. Yeah, mate. Well, definitely. Because of yeah. That's it. He's he's on the post of many a German. He's got the look. Post on the wall, sorry. He has. He's done many a wall in Germany. All right, we really should stop. Um, okay, uh, let's move on. Um, what's been happening outside of rugby league, though, Mitch? A lot of stuff we've been talking about. Um, it's taken our, our interest, and especially in the off-season, it's a good time to talk about it. Um, basically, the plot of Happy Gilmore has been playing out at the tennis this week, and we're all for it. <laughs> <laughs> and if somehow if you're underneath a rock uh the special case that's nick kyrgios and uh thanasis kokonakis <laughs> have um have really brought back the excitement to a golf-like sport doubles tennis mm. uh, i've watched and- multiple games of doubles tennis this week yeah so- well, it's funny because obviously like when we're young aussies because of the woodies, the woodies. doubles yeah, the woodies. was like on tv yeah. And like some of the things Kyrgios said last week are very valid about, you know, ignore him being a part of it. The sport's really only marketed like three players for the last 15 years. So That's doubles true. have been like out of our, out of the lexicon for such a long time. And the last time I really thought about doubles was actually Kyrgios, excuse me, and Venus Williams. Yeah, same. Um, apart, from, apart from the Bryan brothers and the Woodies, could you yeah. name a single doubles team? I don't think no. I could. Okay, no, I, like I'm sure if I sat down and thought about it, but you do it in the podcast, it's terrible radio. We've been there. So yeah, I'm not going to sit here and think for a long time, but uh, no, I couldn't. I'm sure Sam Groth and James Duckworth played together at some point. Yeah. And, I, and regardless. I, do, I do love, I, well, I do love even in this, like there's an Aussie duo and everyone knows one of them. There's Matthew Ebden, mate. He's still around. Matty Ebden he, and Max Purcell are also in the semifinals. They're in the other semi, and there's a chance of an all Aussie final. Yet, we it's even even still, still right now, you probably haven't heard anyone speak about the other two Aussies, even with the back of the Kyrgios. Yeah, I I actually watched that match today, and yeah. the crowd was uh, surprisingly not as large or as uh, vocal as it was yesterday for the for the special case. Well, the, the funny thing on the way as well is they actually, like, they beat the second seed in the second round. No, fourth first seed, sorry. Seed, in the first seed, first and, seed. No, no, Ebden yeah. and Purcell. Oh, right. So, yeah, beat, they, they did. And they're playing the second seed in yeah, the seventh. They beat yeah. the fourth seed and they beat, like, the 13th seed in the 10th. They beat good teams the, the as well. The 10th seed was today, yeah. And it hasn't really helped the respect for the doubles game that a couple of throwing together Aussie teams are going there. And Kyrgios, yeah, as you said, they beat the first seed and they're just, you know, whatever, just serve hard and fast and that's the sport. <laughs> yeah. like, and just hit the ball at them, hit the ball um, at them but, like, all the time. Uh, it just it's it it goes into sort of a broader philosophical thing that I 
firmly believe is actually changing when it comes to how we approach sport and how we view athletes. And, and I'm loath to just say it's sort of like a millennial thing, but it kind of is in the sense that like, we're much more open to being entertained by entertainers rather than just sitting back and nodding our approval stoically about just who happens to be the best at any given pursuit. Like, there's 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 a lot more room now for people to get over if you like in their respective sport just by being a little bit colorful being a bit different and, and sort of being themselves and i think that that's happening a lot elsewhere like particularly in sports i watch like the, like you know like mixed martial arts and things like that but it's not really happened in tennis outside of like nick kyrgios and maybe naomi osaka as well but like it seems like with every year that goes past there's less people calling Nick Kyrgios a flog and more people cheering for him. And whether that's because all the boomers are dying or whether it's just because people are starting to just say, Hey, you know what? This guy is entertaining and I want to be entertained. Uh, I don't know, but it is definitely, we are definitely at the moment in the middle of a sort of cultural shift in how we view athletes in general. I think. Yeah. And, and also like, this is a generation, like they're not like, they're not millennials athletes now. They're younger than us, but that, and we said it before in here, that generation doesn't care about playing by the rules. Like mm. we had this discussion when we spoke about Brandon Smith and similar, like how people think he'll just go play by the rules now that he got slapped again and he, and he would not dare to go on a podcast. Like, now these guys don't care for ticking the boxes you want them to tick. They don't have to because they have, they have direct lines to their fans. They have access to people. They can get their message across how they want to get it. They don't have to play by, you know, your certain rules and they don't have to play the way you want them to play in many sports. And, and it's great because sport is about personalities. It really is in the end, like to be interesting. And tennis has gone through this weird period that they got these three robots that aren't really like the rest of big athletes in that time, because most of them, like, you know, LeBron James, Cristiano Ronaldo, they're not, they're not robots. There's a massive brand around those guys. It's more, you know, than what those guys are. But those are three inhuman robots, Federer, Novak and Rafa, who have, played in the old way, you know, respected tennis, all that kind of stuff, that whole time. And that hasn't helped tennis modernize as other sports have. And the thing that Kyrgios said a lot of, like, we're not me, you're not tennis experts, but we're also the people that tennis want to win over. The, the hardcores and the people who watch every ATP tournament, just like in rugby league, the game doesn't, doesn't want mine or your, you know, viewership. They want the viewership with the casual. So tennis is fighting for mine or your eyeballs, and they've really struggled with accepting players who don't tick those boxes. And it's starting to come around now, as you said, but it's taken a lot of time and taken a lot of entertainment. Like people only like Kyrgios now because people like Kyrgios. <laughs> like, honestly, like, and I spoke to my old man about him today. My old man's come around a little bit still. He still is disappointed that he's never going to, you know, fulfill his potential in his eyes. Yeah. But he's enjoying the, He's enjoying the entertainment because it is entertaining. That's just it. Like he's entertaining and other people care. And everyone's talking about it, you know, and I think he's, people have somewhat accepted what he is, but they, I still think a lot of people will still be disappointed in that. Like that yeah. is all he is. Well, I actually, like, it's, it's quite funny, right? So I, I wrote this thing today about Israel Sanya, who's a UFC fighter, who's very much like almost like the curious of that sport, except he wins things. Apart from that, very much the same way in that he doesn't give a shit, says what he wants, doesn't care. And he actually, I asked him about Nick Kyrgios and about how athletes are perceived. And he actually brought up Russell Westbrook and said like, why is that dude getting a technical after throwing down a sick dunk and flexing his muscles? Like 
That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's entertaining. That's behavior should be encouraged. And it's, he's right in the sense that it shouldn't be. And he's also made a great point in the sense that like 15 years ago, what Russell Westbrook did would be, oh dear, like the, that would be the, that would be the consensus opinion from people who watch that sport. But now, because mm-hmm. it's like people in our age bracket and younger see Russell Westbrook dunk on Rudy Gobert and flex on him and go, fuck yeah, Russ, that was fucking sick. And that's just how things are going to keep going, and, I think. And, and so, they get like, told, oh, but no, but the game's soft now. But even though when they're, they're not the ones who make yeah. the fucking rules that you oh, get mate, for that dumb shit. I, I saw possibly one of the best tweets I've ever seen yesterday was, I mean, I'm sure everyone saw this, but Grace Tame having to shake hands with Scott Morrison and just looking like she wanted to be anywhere else on earth. A, it fucking ruled. She's the best. And B, uh, someone said all these like pasty old white dudes think they're Ned Kelly, but they pop an artery the moment a woman doesn't smile the way they think she should. And I thought that was a brilliant point, followed up by someone else saying, we're a nation of Ned Flanders who think they're a na- who think we're a nation of Ned Kellys. And I think that, yes. that is a brilliant way to put how athletes are perceived by a lot of people who are older than us. And I just think with time that will change. And Nick Kyrgios is very much going to be a trailblazer and is a trailblazer in that, in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And obviously there's still some parts. I do think that one of like he, I do. Yeah, don't yell during tennis. the surf. Fine. Yeah. I know. I do think he likes tennis more than he lets on. I do believe that. And I do believe he, he, cause he, he yeah. wouldn't, he wouldn't still be, Get, like he'd still be playing because the money is ridiculous. Like, well, they make a hundred thousand or something. They were getting knocked out the first round. Well, first round, you get a hundred k. Yeah, yeah. So, he's, but the fact that he he stays in shape, tries to entertain that kind of stuff. He does care about tennis more oh, than he I agree. On. So, our friend Nick Cantor had a great tweet last week talking about how Nick's made his peace with who he wants to be in tennis and he just wants to have fun, blah blah. And I agreed with him mostly, but I do agree with you in the sense that I think there is a little bit of Nick Kyrgios who is frustrated that he can't beat the best guys and he masks that by pretending yes. that he doesn't care. And and I think it's it is the very easy and again I love Nick so do you but I think it's the very easy cop out that when you do lose it's like ah oh, well I didn't care as much of them anyway. Mate it's 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 almost like there's a sport equivalent of like your little kid asking a girl out and she says no and you go oh, she was a bitch anyway. Like it's almost yeah. like that. And and if he didn't care like he does care to some extent and he obviously you know again he talks about the the marketing, the future of the game, the size of the game, just entertainment. Yeah. That kind of, he cares, you know, and, and obviously he doesn't care as much as, you know, Both he cares guys, more yeah. about a balanced life and the other guys. He doesn't care about all the tour match. All that but kind he of definitely stuff. cares about winning and losing. Yes, and he stays and he in shape. And he obviously wants to win Grand Slam. I will say, though. he trains because, again, even the, even the things with underarm shot, right, he makes it look like he was taking the piss. He would do a thousand of those in training. Yeah, because he practices practice tweeners yeah. all the time. I will exactly. say, though, like, you watch him play doubles, right? And it kind of reminds me of myself in university when I was like, look, I can just coast through this and get P's and everything and I'll be fine. Like, yeah. whatever. Like, I've already got a job in the industry. Like, I, I don't really need to get good grades. I just need to pass and get out of here. But when it came to group assignments, I worked really hard because I didn't want to let other people down. And that's basically the attitude he's taking to tennis a lot of the time, whereas, like, he's playing doubles with his mate. He doesn't want to let yeah. his mate down. So he's trying harder. And it's it's just funny. Yeah, don't worry. I, I, I certainly tried less in the, in the university. Ones. I didn't care about those people. With my mates, I'll try. That's for sure. But yeah, yeah. I just think I think there is a bit of a cop out in there that he gets away with. That whatever. I mean, I still at out of tennis. Like, and he he's very right. Like, I'm not a big tennis fan now. Uh, and 
you know, I know it sounded like a pork in my ass, but I watched a shitload of tennis as a teenager, just like many did. I watched heaps in my 20s and mm-hmm. it slowly waned. And he makes a, ma- a, a fantastic point that like once the big three are gone, who like who do people give a fuck about? No one, because we don't do anything about the rest of them. That's, and that's, for the general public, that's the truth. Like, the truth True. is, like, Danny Medvedev is one of the best players in the world. No one knows the fuck he is over here. And he's actually or, hilarious, by the way. He he's actually he's really a really funny dude. Great character. And we spent the entire pre-tournament, instead of talking about the guys that were going to be playing that weren't Novak and Federer, seeing that Novak not being here and and whatever. And it's tennis is a big issue that when those guys are gone, there's like Nick Kyrgios and then who? Like, because Nick Kyrgios is not this popular here. He is in it. Like, he draws crowds and interests worldwide. It's not just here. So, you know, I think he raises a great point with that. And that will be an issue for a sport like tennis in the future because you can't just lose those three guys near the same time, which they probably will. Mm. And then just think the interest will remain. You know, because... The, the Williams sisters are gone for women's tennis, for example. You know, pretty much like, I don't know. It's just feel, it's interesting time for tennis and mm. shutting down guys like Kyrgios it's in it, hoping for more robots like the other guys is not going to happen. Like, they happen to be once three once-in-a-generation tennis players who were in the same generation. You know, like, yeah. they happen to be, like, they, three of the best of all time happened at the same time, which hasn't usually happened, but there they were. And, uh, it's not going to happen again. They're not going to have that. Co- They're going to go back to, you know, those times when random people used to win, win Grand Slams? Yeah, like Goran Ivanisevic beating, beating Pat Rafter, wildcard Goran Ivanisevic in 2000 yeah. or 2001 at Wimbledon, whenever it was. Like, I remember that because it was crazy. This guy was ranked at the time, like 300th in the world, and he just fucking <laughs> came in and won the thing. Yeah. That would be unheard of now. would never happen. I know, but guys like you know, you know, Safin won a couple. Safin won a couple. Leighton like, won a couple. Andy Roddick won one or two. The most, the most like recent random one is like one Martin Del Potro. Del Potro won like, one, right? That's yeah. like two thousand and nine. That's because it was during the dominance period and he won one. But like, you know, in that period before, uh, like these dominance guys, like Yevgeny Kafelnikov, you know, Gustavo. Well, I don't even know how to say his last name, but. A whole bunch of random, yeah, you said Goran Ivanovic, Albert Costa, Thomas Johansson, you know, Juan Carlos Ferreira got one. People know him, like, and then Leighton's in there. Like, that's what was happening in tennis. And it's honestly not actually that good for tennis, but they're going to have to figure out how they're going to develop a deal with that post these guys. And guys like Kyrgios are perfect examples. And whilst some of the creative antics are too far, and I do think, if like if it was happening to Nick and other, some of the other players saying happened to Nick, someone else he would lose his shit. It's true, mm. uh, but I think he understands that you know in his mind he's marketing tennis and marketing Nick Kyrgios. He's like fuck it, I'll just deal with it. You know, like let it all go. But I do think there's um probably some of the stuff that should stop. You know the during serves and during yeah, just, point, like yeah, I agree with that. Fuck up. Don't, maybe don't cheer but double faults, but like but the rest else. was fucking awesome. And yeah. uh, and I'm hoping I would have loved the, to have been there. The Kokonaka stuff, as you said there, like because he's been out for a couple of years, as everyone knows it. I'm hoping that that can rekindle something a little bit in Kyrgios because I, I, I'm not expecting him to, you know, tick my boxes or tick everyone else's to go and, you know, go to the AP, ATP tours and really put in or similar. But God, I'd like him to not be seated so shit house for once. Yeah, like, like he could have had a run in this tournament. He didn't have to play Medvedev in the second round. Yeah. But, like these, oh. like 100%. Like, you know, you know what? And on his day, he can beat Medvedev. And, 
we will look at that. He was undefeated against each of the top four seeds in this tournament before yeah. he lost Mbappé in this tournament. And maybe if he was played a little better, he gets one of those guys in the fourth round of the quarters instead for once and takes him down rather than getting him in the second round. And we've been there when he's beaten these top seeds in the second or third round, but mm. you just wish that he could, you know, maybe seed himself a little better. And it's not going to happen. And, you know, there's even rumors he might retire after this year, but it's going to be an interesting place for, you know, Casual tennis fans, what's going to happen if uh, if they lose those guys and Kyrgios in a, in a short space of time? I tell you that much. It's just a fascinating character, but isn't he? It's going right. to be doubles final is going to be sick, though. Like, well, assuming they make the final. Like, yeah, if, imagine, if it's watch, all if it's all Aussie, but Camper raised a good point with today. It's like you almost kind of don't want it to be because, like, you don't want. I really want them to win, and I don't want to have to cheer against two other Aussie guys. Like, it makes much more sense if they play the team that's an American and an English guy. Yeah, but you know, uh, Matthew Ebden is from South Africa. He's born over there. So, Oh, okay. That's you know. pretty villainous. Pretty evil place. <laughs> yeah, very evil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I do want to be some Salisbury and Ram. Get out mm. of here, Joe Salisbury. Sounds like a law firm. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, do you want to talk about the greatest weekend of NFL ever? Yes, I do. Well, obviously, taking your personal pain aside, the greatest week of NFL football ever. Yeah, let's um, save me bitch about the Packers for the last. Okay, all right. So we may as well, in that case, we'll, we'll ta- attack them in chronological order. Bar your Packers, then, and uh, Bengals Titans. The Bengals are in a are in a AFC Championship game for the first time since 1988, I think, and they beat the Titans, who I hate. So that was fine. Um, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill stinks. He just stinks. Yeah, I mean, well, I thought the Titans were fraud. So did you? Most people it, didn't. I know, like, goes a long way when you get to play the two worst teams in the league twice every year. Literally said this last week that sometimes in the playoffs, it's like guys like Skip Bayless, you should have right. That just sometimes you just have to have the quarterback. <laughs> and like, that's it. There's been a good you were all season. Sometimes you just have the guy. And Tannehill did not show up in that game. And then with Derrick Henry, not really himself, that offense wasn't fantastic. And the, and the Bengals, you know, the Bengals copped a record playoff number of sacks and won. That's how bad the Titans offense was. Yeah. Nine. Nine is so many. It is so many. He's on his back the entire game and they and they found a way to win. And it's good because like the Bengals are they're a fun side. I don't like watching the Titans play. I don't. And the, the teams that are left, I don't love watching the Niners play either. But the rest of them are entertaining sides. And the Rams are not a big Rams do, but I do like watching a Sean McVay panic job. So yeah, uh I thought it was a pretty interesting finish. Um Clutch from uh, Money Mac, their kicker. That's why you. That's why you uh, value special teams. That's why I yeah. value special teams. And, and paid off. And, he, and he's had some games this year that haven't. Like, he missed a couple. He missed some he kicks one against bad the game Packers, against Green Bay. Know. That's about it. He missed that game, but yeah. like that's it. He, he was you know lead enough to step back in. And I heard some of the quotes off the game are very interesting. Is like because again, special teams is really ignored by most fans. And we, I said that last week when I thought special teams would knock my team out. Like I'm saying, most people don't really pay attention to it if you're not an American sports fan, but. The Bengals were talking about like how like they just knew he was like the guy when he got to training camp and he was a confident kicker. And it's just funny hearing that about like a kicker. Like they knew that like, oh yeah, this guy's like the dude. You know, he carries the attitude of a guy who's gonna kick field goals when it matters. And yeah, they had faith in him like all season as a rookie to do it. And then he did it when it mattered. And we've all seen we've seen so many times it would be a guy who has a great season, you know, or one of the best field goal kickers in the league in regular season and they go to the playoffs and they miss like the 41 yard of bunny. Or we saw even like Matt Gay in the, the Niners Rams <laughs> gate who 47, yards, 47 short. yards short. 
you know, that happens to kickers. So it's good that, you know, having Evan McPherson do that, you might have a couple of, a good kicker duel in, uh, in the AFC North of the mate, future. Along, along Chris the Boswell's there too. There's some good kickers in there. Yeah, mate, well, if you guys, um, you know, that's one thing. The, the, this era of NFL, and this wasn't the best game of the weekend, but it's such a good time to get into the NFL. If you're a casual fan, like, you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, we had the, you know, Manning, Pay, uh, Manning, Brady, Rivers, like Flacco, in that? Flacco, don't Big laugh. Ben, and three like, AFC championship games. But I didn't laugh, but like Big Ben, and then uh, who were thinking of like Phil Rivers, like that kind Rivers of era. Was who in were like one, get out of here. No, I'm saying that era got making in playoffs. I'm saying we had that yeah. era of those guys, and whilst it's entertaining games, those are not particularly entertaining quarterbacks. No, whereas now you've got Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert. All in the oh. AFC. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely goddamn insane. NFC has good teams. Like, NFC probably has the more better team. Also, imagine if Trevor yeah. Lawrence ends up being good too. Then you've got six. So. Yeah, the AFC is goddamn nuts. And you just sit there thinking like, imagine being in the AFC right now and not having one of those guys. Like, how funny is it? Like, fuck the Steelers. It but rules. Fuck the Steelers, like, they're going to be, you know, whatever, post-Big Ben. They have a great team other than him. And if they don't get Rodgers this offseason, like, they've got nobody against those guys. And it's a team sport. It is. And, you know, I think the games the following day that, you know, Jimmy G is the best example for why QB wins don't matter. And <laughs> Josh Allen's also the best example of why they do matter, even though, like, sorry, they don't matter either. Sorry, like he was amazing, didn't matter. And yeah. same with uh, with uh, Jimmy G. But like, whilst it doesn't matter, they still are the most important player. We know this. And seeing the dudes like Allen and Mahomes and... Like that was one of the best games of all time. And even like Stafford playing for the Rams was sensational. It's just like such a great time as a casual to tune in and like playoffs, you know, they're on like 10 a.m. midday in Australia to, to whack it on and watch a great game. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we got uh, Bucks Rams. Uh, they were down by 25 points. They got it back to even through a series of lucky breaks that only Tom Brady seems to get, including, as you said, a 47-yard field goal not making the distance. Uh, then they just fucking lost, which doesn't normally happen to Tom Brady. It doesn't. Well, the, the funny thing, this is one of those Why didn't he will his defense to cover Cooper Cup? Yeah, this is one of those things that happens in playoffs way more than regular season where a team gets a certain lead and then they just they decide just that they... Go into their just, shell. They go into their shell and it, and it happened to my Packers in, in 2014 when they lost to the Seahawks. But the Rams, like that entire game, they anytime they've passed the ball, they had it. They had them. They averaged like 10 yards a, a, a pass attempt or whatever, like ridiculous. But they, you know, they got up to their lead halfway through the third and you've decided, you know what? We've got to run the ball now, run the clock out. And they're fixed at the thinking, don't give the ball back. Don't give the ball back. Run the ball out. But you're doing it against the Bucks, who are by, they've been the best run defense for like three years. A shitload of fumbles and whatever. And then the moment, like I thought, like, you know, you said to me, like, oh, I don't want to do the momentum chat, but I, I bet on the Bucks live because of the odds were ridiculous. They were like $19 when I got on and I cashed out on that final drive because I still thought the Rams were going to win because I thought the moment, if the Rams got the ball up with time on the clock, the moment they pass the ball, they'll go up the field again. So they didn't do it for, for 20 minutes. And that was it. The moment they got the ball back and decided to pass the ball, off yeah. they went. Like, like Cam Akers had 24 carries for 48 yards. What the hell do they think they were doing? One of the call and like Akers is a great player, but he's just back from injury. Firstly, what the hell is he doing having 24 carries? I have no idea. 
and he fumbled what twice. And then Sonny Michelle had one. Like if there's one guy you want to run up the arse of your center, it's Sonny Michelle. He's, he'll get you three yards <laughs> you know, at a time. But yeah, that was terrible. But that's like to some teams just get in that mentality. And that's a lot of the things that lead to some of the good comebacks in NFL are just because of that. You know, a team just goes, oh, we've got to run the ball and they give the ball back. Meanwhile, you know, other great comeback we saw is just two teams just the slogging at the fuck out. <laughs> One of the best games I've seen in any sport of my entire life. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Let's talk about that game. Unbelievable. Like the win probability thing just spiking up and down to like 99% for each team, like five times in the last two minutes. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes playing incredible. Um, I, I was speechless after this game. Like it was just ridiculous football uh if you didn't see it go watch the just youtube highlights the 10 minute ones they'll be it'll be a no my struggle to fit it all in but um man alive like it was just such a brilliant game and you just have to feel so sad for buffalo like my god a franchise that's been through so much torture and look they finally seemed like they conquered the the, the giant the, the the chiefs that they've never seemed to be able to crack and no evidently not but yeah given one of those things like that they didn't squib. If you don't know what a squib kick is, by the way, so on at the end of the game, 13 seconds left, they gave the ball back to Mahomes. 13 seconds left. It's like the first time someone's scored a field goal and play on play history for that little time, whatever. But they were afraid of like Tyreek Hill returned a massive punt earlier in the game. So apparently they were afraid of keeping the ball inbounds. So they kicked it dead and just assumed 13 seconds wasn't long enough. They really should have squib kicked it, mm. which is like a short, shitty kick that make, guarantees the ball goes in the play. You grab it all on the ground so that it eats up the clock. It eats up a few yes. seconds, basically. And, you know, obviously, like, obviously they weren't going to return it. They would have taken a knee the moment they got it, most likely. But they would have got like three seconds off the clock, maybe four. And, and, that's all the, and that's all the game would have been over. They had three seconds of a field goal attempt. And that would have been it, game over. But they did a conservative thing from that fear. And those conservative things cost you more often than not in these big games. They, they, they gave, you know, 13 seconds was enough ridiculously somehow enough, but also when like, what was it? Like three or four minutes left, there was like, how many lead changes? You know, it was, yeah. Like what the, the touchdown they scored. Yeah. So there was, it was, was it was, um, it was, it was 23, 21 to the chiefs after Buffalo got that long touchdown off that play. So the chiefs kicked the field goal 26, 21. Then it was Buffalo 29, 26, Kansas city, 33, 29, Buffalo, 36, 33, 36, all, 4236 yeah. in overtime. Crazy. Because one of those things like every time, like, oh, that's too much time. Oh, they left too much time. They left too much time. But it was like <laughs> they drove down the field. What was it? There was the the Chiefs second last touchdown drive. It was 52 after seconds. Warning, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 52 seconds. The the Bills last touchdown drive is 49 seconds. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's ridiculous. And they kept doing that. But yeah, it was great. And you sit and watch that game. And I was like, man, I wish this was like somehow the Super Bowl. I know it could never happen, but it's like, can this, oh, could these two guys not duke it out in a bigger game or the championship game? Like, it feels like the winner. And I did say that last predict the winner of this game would win the Super Bowl. And well, it feels more like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. It feels more like that now, considering what's happened to my so Green Bay Packers. Well, yeah. I said Chiefs Packers Super Bowl. I might be half right. Uh, yeah. Oh, dear. I mean, you called the worst place you said it for like 10 weeks. You said this shitty special teams will cost us in the playoffs. Nobody listened. I mean, a lot of people did listen. No, I'm telling you, they didn't though. I was in so many arguments, NFL DMs everywhere. People were like, no, nah, it'll be fine. I'm, like, I'm telling you like... I agree with you, but I appreciate yeah. special teams. Yeah. Like I'm telling you again, if I'm like, 
you know, I'm a switched on fan for many things, but NFL, right? Like I've never in my life gone back and screen capped my fucking team's special team snaps. But every time early in the year, I will t- putting a punt or a field goal attempt in, I was going, oh, you know, like, fuck, they almost got to that one. Like I started noticing that from over here, you know, not really tuned in to special teams. Me, you know, NFL idiot noticing that. And then screen capping it in DMs and nobody caring, but like showing like every field goal attempt, someone could have blocked the field goal. Someone was getting through every field goal attempt and almost every punt too. They were getting through. That was bad enough, but like the kick returns, they laid up terrible. The punt returns ourselves terrible. And then, yeah, it costs us in a game. It costs us probably a week earlier than I thought it was going to, but this is why I never had any confidence in the team and mentioned just last week that like, they just don't, react fast enough. They don't make the change they need to. Every year they get knocked out. Like last year when we got knocked out, again, I never thought we were beating the Buccaneers because firstly, Tom Brady was there. But secondly, it was the same thing. All season, Kevin King was a problem for us, the second cornerback. All season, teams were just picking on him, big plays. He'd be good for like, you know, four or five minutes and then bam, big play and we can see. All season, it was an issue. And all season, they didn't address it because we kept winning. And there comes the playoffs, we get knocked out because of it. And the same thing was this year. All season, the special teams was a bad issue. And all season, it was like, we're going to come up in a big game and it's going to be like negative six points. That's what they start us with all the time almost. And they got a field goal blocked when the dude blocked nobody. Two guys ran past him. Field goal blocked exactly the way I've been cutting up all year. And then a pump blocked and they lost. And unfortunately, like, like Aaron Rodgers sucked. He did. He had a bad game in that game. But that's this, this is the thing is that the way this, this the Packers never address all the weaknesses means that if Rodgers has a bad game, they're fucking out. Mm. And that's it. Like every time, every time he has an off day, we're out. Um, like, and players have off days or off drives. He had an off drive, essentially. I mean, he played quite poorly. Like, I think you had like, I'm not looking this up, but you had like six yards in the second half. It was dreadful. It was 50 off, but like, like, so after the fumble, we fumbled in the second quarter when we were on, on the move, and that probably should have been points as well. After that fumble, the play calling got really conservative, hmm. and that's a Matt LaFleur mistake, you know, himself. And But then also, they lost AJ Dillon the start of the second half, and AJ Dillon's supposed to be their, their power back, supposed to be the guy when the game's cold, they'll, they'll, they'll push him up, they'll shove him up the guts, but they were too comfortable with the score. And the defense played really well. Defense was insane. Like, they kept us in the game. Yeah. They were too confident in that. And then all it took was, yeah, that shithouse drive, punt blocked, get the ball back. And then on second and 11, you know, Rodgers, there's an open like, – uh, uh, the wire is open for five yards. Didn't take it. Third, Everyone's seen the third and 11 reply, reply by now. Everybody's open but Devontae Adams. But he, had to, he threw to Devontae. He uh, just had to. And on the other it. side – Look, I think I think the Rams in general, I think their offense is better than Green Bay's because I just think it's a little bit more varied. Oh, 100% but, is better. Um, how do they not win next week? Like, how, I, I really do like San Francisco. Like, got some friends that go for them. There's like a little Leeds United, San Francisco mm. 49ers connection now. So I do have a soft spot for them. But Jimmy Garoppolo is so bad. I just don't, yeah. like, how, like, how can they win another game? Like, everything had to go right for them in this game to pull but- off. This they win could do and it, it mate, did because like because yeah. the one thing the Rams can be on is run on. They could be run up the middle. Like they, despite having that great D line, they can be run on, and you know maybe they can find a way to do it again. You think the Rams would win, but I wouldn't. I think the 49ers are a chance. It's the reason I didn't want to play them last week. Like it's a bit of a mental thing there for the Packers anyway. But I do think I think Lambo 
that home field playoff advantage is overrated as fuck in general. Like teams win on the road all the time now, but I think the Lambo thing almost plays out of our advantage because we think it's such a big advantage. If you get me, the Packers do. It's almost the other teams like they're just going to got to get up for one game. And it's not like it was 30 years ago when like travel was shit or 20 years ago and players went to like, it wasn't as easy to stay warm on the sidelines, all that kind of stuff. Teams are way more prepared for the cold weather now. Yeah. Like, that, that's a bad, that's, that was bad. Hasn't Aaron Rodgers lost at home in the playoffs like eight times? Like it's a lot We're of really times, good right? on the road. Yeah. Like mate, we got done by the, the wild card uh, giants. The year we were 15 and one. I've mentioned this last week, 15 and one. We only lost to the Chiefs at you and they weren't that good to not go perfect record. We lost to the wildcard Giants at Lambeau first week. Like, you know, this is another wildcard team we've lost to. But in this, this century, Bungard, the Packers have lost seven playoff games on the final play. That's, that's like seven oh, and 22 fucking so years. Jesus Every Christ. three years. And this is people wonder why I go into playoffs like broken and think nothing's going to happen for our team. Seven in 22 fucking years is a lot to lose on the final play. And because I've been a Packers fan, you know, since I was really young, whilst I obviously wasn't as in tune when I was 12, 13, 14, I still watched the playoffs and still watch them lose those games. So they get locked out all the time. And it's like, you know, Roger, I've got so much shit to this team. Like Rogers, you can't have the offseason he had. And a lot of things he said is true. The team didn't ever play to win now. They wanted their cake and eat it too for so long. They wanted to be good now and good in three years. You know, they never really went all in. They finally kind of did that stuff. They did it. They didn't get... It's true. It's true that the special team sucked. It's true that they didn't get enough weapons for him. That's true that after Devontae, there wasn't enough weapons. But Rogers' career renaissance came back mm. after Mike McCarthy left. And those couple of last years, Mike McCarthy... Rogers was doing that shit when he he was holding the ball too long, dancing around the pocket, getting sacked a lot more, and trying to create more, you know. And I'm not trying. It's not a knock on him that when Lafleur got there and they they got guys more open, it's not a knock on him that he killed the league just hitting the open dude, you know, staying in the pocket, hitting the open dude. This week, after all the shit he talked, all the all the stuff, it was like this game was for his ego. It was like the season happened. He got what he wanted. He got the MVP award he wanted. And this game, he didn't, he no longer just threw to the guys who were open. He, Aaron Rodgers was going to win it, and him and Devonta Adams were going to do it. And the 49ers, somehow everyone else this weekend, like they didn't double Cooper Cup or something, but the 49ers just decided to double Devonta Adams, whatever it mattered. And that was it. They shut him down. It's like, mate, you cannot spend the year, two years talking shit about organization not doing their best to win. And then turn up and play like fucking that. You can't. No. no. It, it's fuck like that, he... that last play stat has floored me. <laughs> like fucking up. Yeah. Oh mate, it's terrible. Like and and they just keep doing it. And it's they keep doing it's always in the way you think it's gonna happen as well. You know, so there's, there's a package writer I read, his name's Mike Rodney, very negative like me, but he wrote in September last year that he thought the 49ers were gonna knock out the Packers in the, in the playoffs. It was just like, yep, yeah, because they're not like they're good. And the sad thing is, actually, they are really good. Like this year, they made it as far as they did, missing like four or five all pro level players most of the year. And David Bakhtiari didn't play. And maybe if Bakhtiari plays, they don't, Rogers doesn't get sacked so much. But, you know, whatever. It was actually a really good team, but they didn't fix the glaring issue. And then Rogers has his off night. And it's very rare he lets the Packers down, not the other way around. But it's like, mate, we, how many fucking last rodeos does this team need? And that was the last dance, you know, like, 
it's sad as it is, and I said it last week, like the organizational failure of the Packers to have two Super Bowls in the last 30 years is, I mean, it's it's one of the most embarrassing things in American sport. But it just feels like I love Aaron. I actually don't want him to leave, right? I don't want him to go. But it feels like it is time for them to separate. Like it just feels like they're never going to do what's required whilst they have a guy like Rogers keeping them good enough and they're always good enough. They're never going to do what's required to turn a good team to a great team to a dynasty. And they just haven't. They've just thought it was, they were good enough to win every year and they never made the tough calls, never made the big trades, never, you know, addressed issues as they happened and thought they'd figure it out over the year. And every time they've come up short and they do it again, the fucking season after. And then they, ha- they, it feels like they have to be bad again to appreciate being good because you watch teams like the Rams and whatever you want to say about the Rams, they try to win the fucking thing every year. They might not do it, but they fucking try to win it. Like if you gave that organization what the Packers have now, if you gave them the Packers roster and Rodgers, they'd go fucking further than we did because they would be putting every chip in. You know, they got Odell this year. They traded for Von Mill. They put every chip in every year because they think it's their time now. And Green Bay just sit there and think it's our time now and it's our time in 10 years. Like it doesn't doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. Unless you're the Bill Belichick Patriots with yeah, Tom Brady. Even then, decide, that's coming to an end. And I don't. I know Rogers like one of the best athletes I'll ever support in my lifetime of my team. But it's just like it just feels like it's time. It, you know, I don't know if you have an opinion on that, Bunga, but it feels like it's time that they they separated because um um I just don't want him to go to the Steelers. Yeah, feel, that would, that feels that like would be very upsetting. Know. Denver Broncos, please. Not the, the Broncos seems like the one that's. On its what, way, that would be cr- what a division that would be. That'd be crazy. Well, it feels like that's what I feel like. It feels like a terrible move for him, though, right? Like, I get going there. You know, he, if, in a lot of the rumors already, are like Nathaniel Hackett, who's the Packers' offensive coordinator, is talking to them, and he's had his second interview. A lot of talk is like he'll go there, Rogers will go there, and then the Packers will, which is very rare, but they'll tag and trade Devontae Adams there, and obviously Rogers has to be traded to go there as well. And, you know, maybe that happens, but it's still like, fuck, you're backing yourself to take on Herbert Mahomes, which is, of course, he's confident, but it's like, there's a lot easier divisions to go to than that one, you know? Like, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it'd be a weird one. It's interesting, but yeah, just, um, it's hard to have, I know it's hard for people to understand, like, feel sorry for a Packers fan. I don't ask you to feel sorry for me and, and, you know, say it's not painful, but, mate, like, They've been given every. They have a. They have a cake division. They've been given that. They've been given everything. They have the, the Hall of Fame quarterbacks two in a row. Yeah. They've had good players. They've had good defenses in periods. Like not a lot for the last decade, but they did have a good one a decade ago. Did have a good one this year, and you know they still find a way to to fuck it up in the same old ways. Yeah. You know, well, sorry, new um, same old ways. The same the same process that got them there. And I know I'm still bitching and bitching and bitching, but fuck it, this is my no. Platform. I think it's it's all valid. <laughs> it's all valid concerns. Um, and look, I mean, you have really only you've only won one Super Bowl. Like you're not like Manchester United fans asking us to feel sorry for them or anything like that. I think it's totally acceptable yeah. to be mad at the fact that you've had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for your entire life, and you've seen them win. One suit. I mean, you were probably I've seen too them young win to two. The, you were like uh, four I, when Brett Favre won. No, I you? wasn't. I was. I was. Oh, I was eight. Really? Okay, whatever. Regardless, one for each of those two guys is is not many, which is crazy. And only one Super Bowl for each as well, right? Or two Super Bowls for five? I don't know. No, Doesn't no, one, one, one each. One uh, each? Yeah, crazy. No, so so we won, and it's only reason like and like this. My dad was an NFL fan when I was young. My dad's a Cowboys fan, and okay, I don't remember the game, but it was when I was seven. 
but like I obviously have gone back and it feels like it happened in my lifetime if you get me like mm. I've watched that game on repeat and I know the legacy and stuff so I would you know include that you know I don't think much difference if I won a Super Bowl when I was fucking 10 you know just like when I've seen the seeing the Broncos win a few in my lifetime. I don't, I don't really separate when they won in 98 from 2000. I don't remember much about any of them more than the folklore, forget me. But yeah, they had two Super Bowls. But they want, you know, and especially the, the years like this year, the thing that they'll, they'll feel the worst about is that like they beat three of, like they beat the Niners and Rams regular season and they, they beat the Bengals, you know, they play the Bengals. And then the Chiefs, they only lost barely with Jordan Love in there. Like they're good enough to beat those teams, and that's what'll be worse about. They'll be sitting at home singing, and they can't bring the team back because the cat's fucked. Like that's it. They'll they'll sit at home knowing they could have beat those teams, and, and probably all could have taken all would have taken. Like Rogers should have been better. Very true. They could have picked up Odell, you know, during the year. He wanted to go to Green Bay, didn't go there. But all would have taken was like, hey, just change the special teams coordinator eight weeks ago. Yeah, legit. Like, and they'd probably still be there because that's it. Like. They, the 49ers offense scored six points. And that's was not many points. And the Packers missed a field goal and had that pump block. But like you change a coordinator, things that sort of like you get mediocre. Like you get 25th best special teams in the league, not the light worst. And they probably still play next week. Yeah, crazy. All right. Um, let's move on to the questions. Are you serious? I'm going to have any questions. Okay, question time over on patreon.com forward slash NRB rookies. If you want to get your guaranteed, your question gets answered. Again, not that many in your season. I also didn't post it early enough, but we've gone nearly two hours. Anyway. We've gone nearly two hours. Oh, it's an hour. It's like an hour and 10 minutes. Nearly, it feels like two hours. <laughs> okay, so uh, first question Carlo Tyson, he says, Is the Bills v Chiefs, sorry, yeah, Bills v Chiefs games the greatest sporting contest in sports history? And can you please dissect the OT rule? Should both teams get the ball at least once in the playoffs? Fuck, he's done well to get a question through that we didn't already talk about in that NFL. Yeah. We, we didn't talk about the overtime rules. And he's right. They suck. And everyone agrees that they suck. If people don't know. People didn't watch this. The The rule is that um, if the team that gets the ball first scores a touchdown, the other team doesn't even get a chance. The, the game just ends. And that is what happened. And it's happened in like several high-profile games in the last couple of years. Happened, happened to the Chiefs. The- Happened to the Chiefs a couple of years ago. Happened, happened to the in the Super Bowl. <laughs> again, the Falcons happened to the Packers. I will say, though, it's quite funny. The Chiefs tried to get the rules changed two years ago and like the Bills didn't support them. So, each yeah. shit, I guess. Yeah, and now the Bills uh, do do obviously have a different opinion there. But it's... um. It just it just feels like like the what is it? It's like a 62-win percent or something you should win the toss, which isn't as much as you'd expect. It's still but- a big swing. I would, yeah, I haven't seen the, the the stats in the playoffs because the playoffs are generally better teams, you know. Like, and it, I, as you said, it happens so often. The team just wins on the fir- on the first drive, and it's like both teams should get the ball. I'm okay with it just being a 15 minute period, honestly. Like, but I do like also the rule that both teams get the ball, and essentially you meet it. You know, if you meet the other team's seven, the game goes. Meet their three, it goes on. Or you beat it and you end the game. So, you know, say the Chiefs score seven, they score a touchdown first drive, Bills get a touchdown, but then go for two and score. Bam, Bills win. You know, or Chiefs score, you know, kick a field goal, then Bills get a touchdown, they win. Or, you know, Chiefs kick a field goal and Bills kick a field goal, go, keeps going. I'm cool with that. Like the college rules are a bit, 
imperfect. You know, they're, they're close, but it's like, it's how far out they get the ball again. It's like they get the ball closer. What is it again? The college overtime rules. Uh, it's like it's just each team has a go. What did they change it? Yeah, they, they, but it's like they're the, they get the ball. Like, yeah, that's it. They, it starts at 25 yard line. They just get the ball. It does. It's not a, like, it's not a kickoff or anything. You just get the ball 25 yeah. yards when you, yeah. And then, yeah. I don't it. like that either, by the way. Just in <laughs> the, fi- like, in the, in the finals, just play a whole quarter. Just play a quarter. Yeah, that's, what I, that's the thing. But I'm, that's what I like. Play the whole quarter. And then again, what a shock if they, if they're even. I think the, the rules suck for regular season. I also get why they exist. But off season, like, same thing when the NRL had golden point in the playoffs and the, in the finals. And I bitched about it. And the happened to the Broncos is like, yeah, it's not because happened to the Broncos, it's because there's shit rule. Like, it's the grand final. We can spend 10 more minutes here. And this week, it could have taken 15 more minutes. So maybe it's the same result, but teams are not burning 15 minutes a clock. No, no they're not. It can't so really happen. They can't. But, uh, um, but it's like, what is it? The, NF, what, what, the college one is like, it's overtime period. They like, and there's like two period. There could be two periods. It can go like eight. Period. It can go to like yeah. eight overtimes if everyone just keeps yeah. scoring or keeps missing. Because yeah, um, each period is about if you score or not. It's not about. Is like it the best minutes. game I've ever seen in a sport? That I don't know. No, I can't do that. I can't say that because my yeah. favorite experiences are tied to my team. Yeah. Uh, if you try and remove your own experiences, it's- um. Without addressing it enough, it is definitely like the best NFL game that didn't feature my team. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, I will say off the of top of my head, I think that Liverpool AC Milan Champions League final is right up there for me as a neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, game uh, game six of the World Series between Texas Rangers and St. Louis Cardinals in 2011 was incredible. Um and uh, more would come to mind, but you put me on the spot a little bit, I guess. But yeah, um, they're, they're both they're both incredible shouts, I think. But no, that that game was right up there. It was it was one of the best, one of the best sporting contests ever. Yeah, and I mean it's it's not one of mine, but I know a lot of people would say like South African nineteen ninety five World Cup, for example. 99. No, no, ninety five World Cup. Ninety nine Africa. Absolutely ninety nine. What are you talking about? The South Africa winning the Rugby World Cup in 1995. Oh, I think you meant when we beat South Africa on the last ball in the Cricket no, World Cup. No. Well, there you go. That, that's that's also a good one. I'd yeah. say people like, you know, not us probably say those ones. And like for me, it's the Cavaliers, you know, the LeBron James, the block and Kyrie's thing. But Well, oh, yeah. You know, well, for, yeah, for me, it's the Ravens double overtime um, win I would with s- the Hail Mary. So, other, yeah, I'd, I'd say one of the other ones I can remember. And even like I never was a baseball fan, the Red Sox in 2004. Yeah, like probably that one. Wh- that's like four games. Like that's not like. Yeah, <laughs> but I'd say, but yeah, that's only like that was that. Like I mean, people made fucking movies about that shit. Like lots of movies. Yeah, like shit rom coms about that. And we weren't alive for the Miracle on Ice, but you know, people made movies no. about that too. So yeah, well. that's it. So, but for me, like I'd say NFL games, ones like not featuring my team. I I can't think of a better one that like one I enjoyed more than that. Like it might be the best five minutes. Of sport you'll ever see, like yeah, that five minutes is fucking insane. <laughs> that might that might be true rather than the full match. But yeah, the Liverpool AC Milan is certainly as a Liverpool fan. I'm not really much anymore, but that was like the best football match of my life. I don't think I can be topped. 
But yeah, it's um yeah, good question anyway. Uh next one, Dave. Why is losing the toss in overtime so catastrophic? NFL teams actually defend drives all game. Why is the 75 plus yard drive in OT suddenly so hard to stop? Defense gets tired more than offense does in football. That's why there's more points mm-hmm. in fourth quarters of games. Yeah, that's it. Like teams and that's it. Generally, it's much easier to drive as the game goes on. That's why you see so many two-minute drills at the end of the games, end of halves. Defense gets gassed. Like, you know, you you it's the same thing. You run or chase. What one tires you out more? Yep. And that's it. Defense is it, the defense gets gassed. It's pretty much it. And then it's a lot of the rest of the game. Like if you knew earlier in the game that scoring on this drive ended the game, it's a different mentality. It's on a different play calling where, you know, the rest of the game's a bit of a to and fro. Towards the end, it's like points now, seven points now, you know? The defense is tired. It's what it, it just matters more like that. And yeah, it's that simple. And Dave's next question, is the NBL as a league and the Brisbane Lions today came out against Australia Day saying it isn't a day to celebrate advocating for change of date? This is funny that he brings this up because you mentioned this to me pre-podcast, but Dave says, how long do you think it will be until this is common in the NRL? Hmm. Well, South made their statement today, as you said to me, mate. But yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, let's talk about that. I wrote that in the rundown. Same, that, yeah, you did. Um, oh, yeah. I just like, I, it's, it's just kind of varies from, from club to club, right? Like, yeah. um, South, I, I didn't look at all of them. I looked at a few. Like South were the only ones that I saw from the NRL. Most AFL clubs did it, which is weird. When you and that's kind of embarrassing when you consider that usually the NRL is ahead of the AFL when it comes to sort of not being racist. So, mm. yeah, yeah, I, I feel like it just takes a bit of you know momentum from clubs and whatever to all do it, and then all of a sudden they all just do it because I feel like they have to. Yeah, I agree with that. But, uh, it's kind of funny. Like I never got Australia Day. Like, I'm not saying I was like a woke tenure or anything, but I never mm. just never understood it. Never really understood what we were celebrating. Yeah, neither. I, but uh, anyway, I think that you know, again, one of the few years ago, change the date. Just it's kind of like the curious stuff. Man. Who were much angry about it a few years ago? They yeah. just were, and now it seems to be more acceptance coming. But uh, I do think it, it South being the only one was weird, as you said. Uh, but look, I do I think. Mean, I, I I will say, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I I would say that South are not only the most the NRL club with the most intrinsic sort of links uh, yeah. to the indigenous community. They're probably yeah. the, 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 the sports club in the country, the professional sporting oh, team in the country uh, that has the most to do with 100%. indigenous culture. I mean, hundred, like I, I, again, someone could prove us wrong. There maybe there is some of it. I couldn't uh, think of another club no. that better represented the indigenous community and puts my fits into it. So I agree with that, but it does disappoint you a little other clubs haven't done it, but then also I feel like there'll be a point where they all just do it. And then at that point, it's just that it's doing because they have to. So I'm glad South's at least doing it because it actually means something to them. What a team. Uh, Paul Mack asks, what date should Australia Day be moved to? I have Just, no takes on this. I don't care. I mean, I look, I journalists don't get public holidays off anyway. We just get like extra weeks. Like I get six weeks of leave a year. So like, I just worked today. Mm. It was like a normal Wednesday for me. Like um, I would just always have it on a Friday or a Monday though. That would be my logic. Like if you want to, if people, kind of weird when there's a public holiday in the middle of the week. People don't like it. It's kind of yeah. like, yeah. Whereas, like, if you just say it's always the third Monday in January or something, that way it can't be the 26th ever. Well, I suppose it can, yeah. can it? No, it could be, couldn't it? Yeah, fir- no, it, it can't. Be. No, it couldn't be. If the, no. Even if the first January is oh, the, yeah. the latest, it could be is the 21st. So, yeah. Just have, have it be the third Saturday in 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 yeah, January. Just, yeah. I don't exactly. know. I'm oh, sorry, third Monday. Sorry. Third, 
third the month. days of these things have never mattered to me. <laughs> no, know, apparently this was not a thing like in pre- like apparently Australia like was on has been celebrated in like June in the past. Like yeah. and again, I don't care enough to research this because like it's a weird holiday to me. It always has been. Like yeah. It's not Independence Day like America. It would the American equivalent would be Columbus Day, which I also find pretty fucking weird. The, the funny so. thing I've noticed, and maybe other people had a lot more Australia Day parties, and I know people aren't hosting as many now with coronavirus anyway. But there was a without with it being split from the hottest one hundred. As someone who's never really given a shit about the hottest one hundred or listened to it much, it still went hand in hand with the Australia Day party. People would host yeah, them and play. That's it. True. That split has definitely uh, had an impact, I'd say. On, yeah, on we went to a Hollis 100 party. We had a great time. Did we do anything for Australia Day? Absolutely not. Did not. Uh, Stu says, now that the Super League returned to using scrums, oh. how will it take the current administration to make a similar concession or to complete changing of the guard for sensible did, decisions? Did you know that? Because I missed that. Yes. Well, I mean, so oh, the different with the Super League thing. The news. Well, I do work <laughs> with the Super League as well. <laughs> but um, the, the thing is like they... For whatever reason, they use coronavirus as why they weren't doing scrums. Close contacts is why they weren't doing it. So they're not gone. They're not back yet. They're back if they get 85% vax rate. Again, one of those dumb rules that doesn't make any sense with coronavirus. But they obviously use that as a... It is. They use that as some test stuff for it. That why I get rid of it. But no, the difference for mine is that Super League administration over there... Like, as you said there, you said the Super League has returned to using scrums. You know? Now, the reason I'm saying that is because the administration of the Super League has far less ego in it than the administration of the NRL. Mm. You don't, get, you have no idea who's doing things. No one's in charge. The RFL make changes, and you get the names of the committee at the bottom of their press releases. But they just, you know, they they do take in. They look at NRL rules almost every time and bring them in or bring take them out. But you see, they also they also changed the ball strip rule back to the old uh, to the old strip rule. By the way, they took it back to um, when you can only strip it one on one, whatever. But they yeah, they can admit their mistakes and go back. But also, a lot of the things they try weren't their own invention in the first place. But generally, over here, like you, see, you hear about rule changes, it's Peter Valandis is this and there, and this person's that. Like they get someone in charge hides their identity a lot more to the rules. How often did you things? hear about Dave Grant? Was that his name? Dave Grant? Was that the guy's John name? Grant? Yeah, That's sure. Cool. Him. Proves my point. How often did you hear about that guy when he was the chairman? He wasn't yeah. in the fucking news That's every same, week it's... making rules and shit. Yeah, and, the, and the, it's also easier for the RFL because they're not a big sport or highly scrutinized over there as compared to here. It just, it's just different, that, that environment. But that change was never meant to be permanent. The scrums and, you know, I did see a lot of the fans saying, like, good to have scrums back that it's about like, you know, good to have more than 13 on 13, less than 13 on 13, which has always been the common sense thing, but at least they can admit it. I agree and change things. Uh, they also do some, they got some injury change. I forget as well. Abe but, Smith. That was the other guy. Right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they, I don't think the current administration are doing any of that stuff, mate. We already seen again, like they, they I think he's latest change that they're only going to bring in off the penalties for offsides in the 40 now, not for six again. So even that's still not defined. It's stupid. Uh, Everything's uh, stupid. Declan Campton says, what were the boys' yeah. thoughts on the Hottest 100 and why was there not more Lil Nas X in the countdown? Um, uh, it was a good time. It was a shame young Declan was uh, isolating for COVID. Couldn't be there. Yeah. But, um, he got a 45 phone call, uh, voice call. Oh, uh, yeah. He did get a lot. A lot of video chat requests. But um, no, I mean, look, 
Uh, again, you and I aren't like Triple J guys. Like I just voted for a few songs that I'd heard of that I liked. And then when the Wiggles won, I was like, oh, that's kind of random and funny that the Wiggles won. And then I never thought about it again. And then we woke up on what day? Sat Sunday. And it's like this huge story. Mm. I just don't care. I don't care. I never care. Like he can enjoy the Hot Ops 100. Go ahead. But I never cared about things where things fell on the, on the system. Uh, and it's like dumb songs are always in the top. Yeah. It just happened. Like, is it not crazier that like Tom Cardi songs are up there? I didn't realize they were actual songs. I thought it was like, respect to Tom Cardi. I thought it was dumb tweets. <laughs> I didn't know they were actual like yeah. songs on the radio. It was like, it came like 12th, didn't it? He came 11th. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I didn't have much thought. Like, yeah, I obviously, don't. I had some hammered takes on Saturday, but we, take yeah, we had, Look, had a good three time. Three Lil Nas like... X songs are there. My general experience with my life, my life through the Hottest 100 is that I used to, I used to hear that like, Kendrick won at once, came second another time. I liked that. Kendrick Lamar did well. That was sick. You know, God, those that, things. Like, that, that Chet Sorry. Faker song that King Kunta lost to was just fucking terrible as well. Yeah, yeah but it's um, one of those things. That, that's when I started to realize at some point when hip hop started leaking in the Hottest 100, I'm like, hey, people, like hip hop's like, kind of a big thing now even though it was mm. already been before that but you know it wasn't as big here as it was globally but yeah so that was good but Lil Nas X got three in probably gonna add another we'll take three but uh yeah I saw like Declan's votes are about all they were all Lil Nas X which is good to respect well, that well uh, I voted for the songs that came first and fourth so I did okay yeah uh did you get angry tweeting about them I what if, can't say why I did the ever... fourth one not come third well, I mean, Perhaps. Good For You was definitely the song of the year. It should have been number one. Like, let's be face it. It's like the biggest song of the year, isn't it? Uh, what about, I think Stay probably should have won. I mean, look, I'm just, my own barometer is, have I heard this song before? I hadn't heard that song. So he hadn't heard, uh, oh, there you go. I'm sure if I heard it, fine, whatever. I don't, why are we doing this? But I'm sure. Like, okay. Uh, let's, let's, let's do our, I'm going to pull um, up the Spotify the, play. So, 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 I'm going to pull up Kid Leroy. You pull up. I pulled up Good For You. How many has yeah. Kid Leroy Stay got? Stay away, Kid Leroy. Oh, Jesus. Mate, this should have won. 1.4 billion. Oh, see, good for you. He's only got 1.2 billion. Yeah, so, there, you, there go. you go. All right. Well, you sure showed me. <laughs> <laughs> but I was still surprised. Wait, anyway. wait. Like, the Wiggles might have 1.6 billion on that song. Surely not. Maybe. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my God. Well, there you go. Anyway, um, next Kid question. Kid Leroy's a Ken- South Sydney junior, though, so good on him. Of course he is. Uh, Ken Beswick, <laughs> NFL Championship Games preview. Uh, we're not going to do a preview, but I will say Chiefs Rams. I'm going to say the same as well. And it does feel like it, there's a weird, but there's a bit of a weird, like anti Mahomes stuff in like NFL fans. If you notice that people are always a little bloody, bit, yeah. People that it's, it's just tall poppies of again. Mahomes I mean, is apart sick. From, apart from Tyreek Hill, I like the Chiefs. Yeah, so do I. They're entertaining as fuck. And Andy Reid's the know, best. Travis Kelsey is awesome. Mahomes is like a a re-career sim for Aaron Rodgers where he ends up in a better organization with a better coach for most of his career, you know, with better players. (laughs) Like, that's what it feels like. Like, I love Mahomes and I hope he breaks Tom Brady's fucking cupcake record by just doing it in an insane way, not by other teams collapsing. So, let's go. Another Super Bowl. Chalk it up. Uh, And next, next question. Cam again. Bit of a one about my work. He says, Mitch, you work at NRL stats and covering lower grades. What do you do in the offseason? Well, I don't, I keep my, I know it gets dripped in and whatever, but I try to keep my work kind of separate where I can from my online profile in here, but I don't work in NRL stats. I work in NRL analytics kind of, but I work 
for the NRL's data provider and I work in other sports as well. So off season is building time. So I do a lot of work, you know, with, with European rugby, which I, you know, not a European rugby guy, but here I am, but you know, I do stuff for the super league and for the NRL moving to other sports soon as well. But I'll, um, off season's usually much busier, mate. Like, you know, every year build new stuff and you've got deadlines of essentially like before the season starts, and also the time of year, like during the season, club contact and stuff generally lower because they're just in motion. But off season where people want to get new staff, do new things, usually busier. People think it's not. It kind of is. Once you're in the motions past like round five or six until like the end of the season, it's nowhere near as busy. So, um, but yeah, I don't really want to go fully into my career stuff. If you want to DM me, I can talk to you. Why, actually why do, ask me but... what I do in the off season, Cam? I don't know. I watch well, the he can take it. He can Google you and get what you do in the cricket, the cricket and tennis. Yeah, I do that too. I just put it on the TV. There we go. Ah, anyway, well, yeah, I mean, Gilby, largely the same. This is funny, okay. uh, Gilby. I didn't know this was a thing, but I started seeing it in recently. I, I did. Says, Why are the BBL commentators pronouncing Cockbane as Cobain? Surely yeah, the look, CNK aren't silent. There was a kid at our school. Same thing it was yeah. called Cockburn. Yeah, and it's pronounced, it's pronounced yeah. Coburn. Like, yeah, I had, just, I, had, I, had, I had a Cockburn growing up. A good yeah. friend of mine, Tom Cockburn. He's a Coburn. Obviously, as a yeah. kid, you're going to call him Cockburn, but yeah, it's Coburn. Yeah, and so I mean, it's yeah. Cobain. Makes sense. And, I'm, and again, it's one of those funny things that you know your names have some, <laughs> some form of history. It's like, well, we all know what your dad did, like your granddad did. Yeah. They have to like he burned his cock, and they called him Cockburn. <laughs> well, <laughs> Coburn. <laughs> it's the one word in the English language with a silent CK. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's not knife, like it's like yeah. fuck me. Yeah. The silent K I could buy almost, you know, but no silent T's. Anyway, over onto <laughs> uh, yeah, onto Discord. A great joke when you're ten as well. By the way, 12, oh, it still makes me giggle now. Oh, these are some good questions here. Uh-huh. Um, oh god, I actually got more questions than I thought we had. Okay. Uh, V8 Tiger says, "How much?" Is a reserve oh. seat season ticket for your teams. Also, you think oh. NRL team membership should be like US where you individual tickets to each game with the ability to legally sell on tickets to games you don't go to. So he says, yeah. for example, his West Side membership is about 450, which works at the 45 a home game. Uh not in total because he's got him and his wife. Also worth noting US sport ticket price to fluctuate depending on how shit unloved teams playing are. Um, I think off the top of my head, like a general admission full season membership for Souths is like 250 bucks, 260 bucks, something like that. Uh, that's like you know, the shitty ends. And I think if you get like in the, the good bays, I think yeah, like yeah. I think like the like ticketed the though. well, no, they are they are ticketed, no, but just asking for like the, yeah, the, the, the reserve tickets, you know. Right, but this, I mean, you have a ticket to every game, but I know, right, but that's what the question is okay, asking. Well, trying to the compare most his ex- fine. The yes. most expensive one for Scouts is $435, and that's seats on like halfway for every game. Me and Pop had that one year, it was pretty cool, but obviously, yeah, having a media pass now and also not being able to go to every game, like I don't have that anymore, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah the Broncos um, is 550 for the sideline. The other thing just doesn't work. It's just one of those things culturally, it doesn't make any sense. We don't sell out games, we don't sell out stadiums, there'd be no secondary market for tickets because. You know, yeah, and then for the and for the games that you have to buy a ticket for grand final, the finals, and you get it, you can sell that then. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, if it was desirable enough, yeah, but it's just as you said, the market isn't there. Like, you know, in, <laughs> in America, market, said America yeah. it's a much better supply and demand system. But also, if you have a ticket, you can just sell. You can put X games, and the Packers just take. Them, you know, they sell it, but they cost price goes back or whatever. Having having said that, I guess if it's like the end of a season and like you go for a shit team. Like let's say 
the Broncos are doing all right, but they're playing like the Bulldogs in Sydney and some of their fans might not want to go and you could buy a ticket for like five bucks from them. That'd be kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but they definitely there's... could always be bit, uh, have better um, options, but, you know, they don't. I mean, Broncos have like a more expensive one. They have like the diamond package, like 800 bucks, whatever that is. But I feel like yeah. generally NRL membership isn't flexible enough. They're getting better. But I feel like the, I got my um my uh, what's it called my nephew. I bought him a Broncos baby membership, and I tell you what, those are much. That's like the best value membership of any ones I've had. It's like it's like two years. You get all the member packs and shit for oh. like it was like forty bucks. It's like, and it's like you know a couple of these member packs and like a birthday present and things like that. He got like Broncos uh, like kids book, Broncos spoon and like scars hats like the normal member packs. So we got a baby pack and the normal member pack and a birthday pack, and it's like. I get they're trying to make you, you know, stick with the kid and stick with it for life. But that was like, you know, three or 400 bucks of like shit you get for a membership. So those are pretty cool. A lot of the other ones, I'm not, I never re-upped after we, I, I canceled membership after we got rid of Wayne and I've just, you know, I get tickets to work. Anyway, I never had. I have a, I have a non-ticketed to, one now. So just to yeah. support the boys. If, well, I feel like I'm, I should probably get back to that space now. I should buy my non-ticketed one, but uh, I'm maybe, you know, they earn the approval. No, you you keep making a stand. It. You keep telling well, them. Well, yeah, I really showed them. You have. <laughs> that much. <laughs> Paul, Paul, uh, Paul White's gone. That was all you. Uh, Mitch asked, tell, telling us related question, what do you think the talent disparity would need to be for a singles player to beat a doubles team? E.g., e- does Rafa beat any doubles pair on the pro circuit? No. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, no. no. I think, no. look, I, I, I think that, like, Look, I don't know how good your average park tennis player is, but like, if as long as like you could competently return Rafa's serve like a third of the time, you would win. Yeah, yeah. So like, right. any two professional tennis players would beat any one professional player. Yeah, I mean, that's just it. That's just that's like a lot of sports are the same thing. Two and one yeah. when it's like moving the ball around. Well, the, the next comment is Pete's like, no chance. Not even Pete LeBron wins a two on one with any two NBA players, and he's right. That's true too. Maybe. How? Any two NBA players. Well, it's a bit it's a bit different with physical size. I mean if, it's if you get to pick if you get to pick like Facundo Campazo and some other shit kind. The other the two would score on every possession. Would they? Every single yes. How would they not? I mean, I, I, I reckon Giannis could beat two other shit players. So no, Giannis, well, sorry, you, how are we doing this? No. no how? Could. You just what how? What do you mean? What do you mean? How? What do you think that the ball just goes in the hoop automatically? They've got to. No, I shoot think that well. if you have two players, one stands on either side of the key, he can't be in both places at once. So someone's going to have an open shot from like 12 feet every yeah, go single ahead. time. He can stand underneath the hoop and they have to shoot at some point and they miss. And then <laughs> yes, he gets they the can't, ball. He can't goaltend. You can stand, you can move around the hoop. You think Giannis can't goal. He, he's goaltending from the three point line, mate. That guy's rebounding. Like they miss a shot. He gets the ball. He gets the ball from there on. He's not losing. Even if he misses the ball, even if he gets the ball, he's still. I, we're not doing this. I no, disagree. He with is you. not. Have- mate, I'm, he's going to beat. Okay, okay. Giannis would beat Facundo Campazzo. And who else would really Nate shoot? Nate Robinson. Can't stand is he still in the league? No, no, no he's, he's okay. He can, have, he can have two Denver Nuggets. Facundo Campazzo and Austin Rivers. Giannis would beat those guys on tour. No, he, that, you're, yes, he you, are, you are insane. They don't, they, they'd miss one shot. He gets the ball. Why are they? They're still NBA players. They can make an open shot from 12 feet. With no one, and they them. miss them as well. Well, they not like, off. They, how often in I, an NBA game are they getting a twelve foot shot with no player standing near them? Almost never. 
in fact, probably never. Mate, Giannis has stopped two on ones before. He'll oh. do it again. Uh, yeah, but, right. And like, the reason you remember that is because it's so memorable because it doesn't happen very no, often. No, because he does it every game. <laughs> oh, I know oh. it's different because the rest of the team's coming. They have time to have to score in a two-on-one. It's not, yeah, but it's like, not the same I'm thing. saying he gets the ball. They're not stopping him from scoring. I don't know if that's true either. Like, that if is you true. Get to, that, how's he going to... He can't back down two dudes. Yes, he they, can. If they're I mean, literally you don't watch together enough, like... Giannis. No, because they're not... No, because in an NBA game, there's not two two guys literally clumped together like they're one very wide human doubling him when he's trying to go to the post. He's probably wider happen. than those two guys stuck together. Oh, uh, my God, he, stop uh, it. We're not, I want to get my support for my one Greek fan who's listening now. He's like, you know what? <laughs> this guy's right. Well, yeah, is si- Simon is nodding vigorously no. in agreement with but, you. But that, like, guy, you, that guy scored in the paint with like five people on him. He can score on two clowns. It's, no, but it's not the same thing. Like, yeah, a, a, a guy might come over to double at the last second. It's not like when there's two guys and there's only one guy in the court, you know he can't pass. You know he can't do anything but drive to the hoop. It's yep. not the same thing. He's going to do it. I strongly disagree with you. I, oh, think well. that's, I think this is insane. No, it's not. <laughs> this is gonna test. This is gonna test the Sims more than my draft being the best. Is you having this insane take? Oh, I'm probably wrong. Opinion. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing, bugger. You care about the support. I don't care. Oh, oh, fuck <laughs> care. off. You care if people think you're on. Right. Right. I don't give a shit. I'm here for the takes, and that no, I don't Giannis care. Take it down. I, I care when I know I'm right. And Fecundo Campana looks like piece. Frankie. You think Frankie <laughs> is beating? Okay. All right. Giannis at anything. <laughs> I suppose not. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, Chanks, bro. This is a great question, too. You missed one. Oh, I did, did, I did too. It's a good Sorry. question, too. Was, says, top three athletes you thought could be game changers in their sport but never lived up to the hype. So right, let's try and quickly do NRL first. So, so game James... changers means is it's different. Like, well, they have, okay. have the ability to make the game different. Well, so like right? NRL, NRL players that I think... Like off the top of my head, I'd say James Roberts. I thought was going to be literally the best outside back in the world at some one point. And then he, he was, was very good. Correct. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> Daryl Yagi, obviously, injury doesn't help. Um, somewhat controversial. I'm going to say Sonny Bill Williams. Um, yeah. Uh, you know who, who could else? have been? An, here's one. He, who could have been a game changer and then wasn't? Dave Tony Taylor. Williams. Yeah, good one. Uh, Folletti. Dave. Dave Taylor as well. Like those guys. Like, Mateo, you're right. Felitti, yeah. Felitti had the size and skill to make people think if he could play six. If he kept this, you know, he had some good games at six. If he played a couple of good seasons at six, people would have thought we need to get bigger again. Um, another that's more one of, another one because of injury, Taniela Tuiaki as well. Like, yeah. Um, I think Felitti's, a good, Felitti's probably a really but good see, answer. I, I Tony Williams too. If I'm, ta- I'm leaning on the game changer too much. I think okay. those guys like Yao Yi and Tuiaki were great, but like, they were still prototypical footballers. Uh, I, you know, you know. I don't know if anyone really that like, it's kind of hard to be a game. Like I don't know if anyone has seismically changed the way rugby league has played in the last like few years, just on their own, like in the way. Shifty Sherwin could have changed the okay. game. If he was given opportunity to do it. If <laughs> he was able to kick every 20 minute restart, restart out. Yeah. He um, he would have I think Coltrane, Folletti, Tony Williams, those sort of guys. Um, yeah. I think are really good examples. Yep. Uh, and trying to think other sports. Well, Freddie Adu is a really yeah. obvious one for me. This guy was getting called the next Pele when he was like 15 years old. Yeah. Um, James Pattinson, I think, as far as Australian cricketers go, just too many injuries. Yeah. Um, yeah. Phil Freddie Hughes, Adu is a good one. Phil though. Hughes for obvious terrible. No reasons. one's changing the on-field um, product in football, but Freddie Adu could have changed the football landscape if he was massive in America, especially. Yeah. So I'm saying he's only 32 for Christ's sake. Still going around. Still believe. <laughs> <laughs> you know. All right. Well, 
He oh, he played for the Las Vegas Lights in 2018. Oh, good, you go. good for you, good for you, Freddie. Good, yeah, I'm trying to think. No, I can't really think of many in, in any other sports than that. But uh, anyway, Chanks, bro, should you back your friends even when they make ridiculous bets <laughs> about Canterbury making a top eight in 2022? Is it ethical to then do bring an idiot into adding a bet that is rapidly spiraling beyond our control? <laughs> it's not spiraling. We're in control. All right, let's. Yes. All right, so let's let's bring everyone in. So. Uh, on Freedom Day remember, last year, look, there's a yearly tradition where I trick Camper into making a bet with me about a case of beer, which I win every single year, which Mitch is never there when the bet is made. That's important because Mitch would obviously always tell him not to take the bet. And then the next day he tells Mitch and Mitch goes, you're a fucking idiot. How do you feel? Yeah, what the this f- like, how the fuck did this happen? But it's always like some ridiculous thing. How the Storm one, I'll never get. How the fuck the that Storm happened? Storm one's my favorite one when he bet <laughs> the Dragons, which finished above the Storm in 2019. But um, yeah. Uh, anyway, this year's one, Freedom Day. Uh, we're at the pub. A couple other guys, friend of the show, George Clark was there. A couple other guys as well. Um, just shooting the shit about the Bulldogs. Um, and uh, yeah, he, basically someone said all oh, the dogs might make the eight and i was like no they won't you're, like, you're talking shit and then jack brady our friend was digging his heels in oh they're gonna make the eight and then and campo was backing him because then he's got to back his boy and then i said mate if you back your boy let's do our case bet bulldogs make the eight and then george clark swooped in took my side so we had a two-on-two case bet which then expanded to a three-on-three case bet with you on my side and matt Ancanacion on the other side and now it's a four-on-four case bet with our friend edwin smith on our side and pup campton on the other side oh is he actually so, in puppet i don't know i want him to, i hope he finds out by the, listening to this that he's in on this but the best is. thing at the hottest 100 party is that camper was aggressively trying to tell this guy matt who said he wanted him i don't know how it came up again but someone said the bulldogs are in discussion again and matt i was already nbc your bet i'm like yeah. i miss out on these dumb bets all the time and then I think I did ask, hey, Matt, do you think they'll make the eight? And he's like, oh, I think they'll make the eight. And I've got, I have got the offer for you. Like, yep. he's in they're going to get much better. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll take that. But, but Campo is begging him for like, well, begging and threatening to make him sub in for Campo. The coward's play. Yeah. But Matt being a few beers deep was like, that oh, fuck it, shook my head. He was in. It was so me and him. So now the, the, the basically the subplot for the entire season is if the Bulldogs make the top eight, it's going to be great. Yeah. it's uh, so And it's going to be a great day for me, you, and George Clark, who might have, might have bad tepai taste. And Edward. Right and on Edward. the Bulldogs. And Edward Smith. Yeah. When, uh, when the Bulldogs don't make the eight and we get to have lots of beers to celebrate. It'll it, be so. great. I want them to bottle us. Yeah. Like, serve I'm just them glad I, I finally got into one of these terrible bets. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Like, it's just great. Like, every year I get free beer. It's awesome. And you, just, you don't have to. This is a man that's <laughs> fiercely loyal to a fault that you have to back a terrible bet a friend made with your own money. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, Ben, this is bad from Quags. No, it's a real person. I don't care. <laughs> like, no, what are your thoughts really on the guy's Aston, name. I know. What is your thoughts on Aston Martin F1 team principal Mike Crack? I mean, the guy's name is Mike Crack, which is pretty funny. Like, that's like a most is like prank call name. Yeah. I mean, there was a that's, dude that's, called I mean, Jizz who got signed to a, to a Dutch football team this week. Like, yep. Jizz, was it Jizz Horncamp? He's from Luxembourg. Fuck it, Mike Crack. Maybe like that sort of joke in Luxembourg. So I'm not going to laugh at a foreigner's name because you think it's funny. I mean, Mike Crack, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Justin, should the Knights be kicked out of the comp to save them from embarrassment of 2022 season? Well, why do people think it's going to be so bad for them? Jaden Braley and Mitch Pierce out, people think they're going to be terrible, huh? Uh, He's a a Tigers fan too. Oh, he is. Here we go. Amanda Plowright, the City are currently playing part of their coaching staff in a final. (laughs) I did say that. 
Wow. Which NRL assistant coach would you want to see sub on in a finals game? Uh, Matt King. Get Matt him in King there. was going to be my answer too. Because he kind of did that in the in the um in the nines that year. He scored the winning try in final for Souths after. Or someone from the Roosters. That's what they all do. They all cheat. All those coaches there. Well, <laughs> he's is, there now, wait, isn't he? Yeah. Isn't that where Matt King is? He's like, there now, isn't he? Yeah. He's he been is. there for like That's five years. What are you yeah. talking about? I just well, I always see him at the South. Well, I mean, look, head, I'm pretty sure Michael Ennis is younger than Josh Hodgson, so might just yeah, slot in there. Oh no, Bruce hang Brown. on, it's, hang on, hang on. It's got to be Joey coming back for one last ride with the Knights. <laughs> they need him. Yeah, they'd let him do it too. That's the difference. They fucking would. That's the best part. Uh, okay, we've got a few more going. You're right. This is going to be a two-hour podcast. There was more questions you. than I thought. Reese Brown, which NRL player is most likely to have an AB moment where they got into a fight with their coach and leave at halftime? Mm. Ooh, fight and leave at um... halftime in NRL. I don't know. It was Andrew Fafita. I was going to say, it guess. seems like something Andrew Fafita would do. Yeah. It feels like he would want to do that already. So I think that's my guess. I don't know there's many people I think have tumultuous relationships with their coaches at the moment. No, it's He's not really. Yeah. Uh, Michael L says, shouldn't all teams make statements for Jan 16? What's going on here? Jan 26. Sorry. What did I say? Look at me reading Jan 16. Uh, well, of course they should. Yeah. I mean, my club did, so. Yeah, when was the last time your significant other gave you that grace look of disappointment, disgust, I mean, and what did you do? Literally every day, like all the time. Yeah, that's like my goal in life is to get yeah. that look. It's like my fetish. It's funny though so, because that's like the only thing that hurts people, like Scott Morrison, like those public sh- public humiliations that he can't prevent. Yeah, but the only thing that actually upsets him, like you know, he went home. It's and the was best. Seething. And he said, who's feeling worse this weekend? Bills, Bucks, Packers, or Titans fans? Well, uh, I'm going to rank and Titans these. Don't count. I'm going to rank these in order. Mm-hmm. Bills one, Packers two, Titans three, Bucks four. Yeah. And the I did say myself, like, anytime I think the, the Packers are peak of, you know, mountain playoff disappointment, along come the Buffalo Bills to go, no, sir. <laughs> that is our mountain. We are at the highest peak. Get the fuck out of the way. This is our peak. Yeah, because yeah, if you've been, I know people who are Bills fans overseas, not many of them are fans from the '90s era, but yeah, that is the team that lost four Super Bowls in a row, and then this happens to them. You, it's hard really to top that on any pain that. index. <laughs> really yeah. is, especially the way they lost the Super Bowls in. But yeah, that's it. Uh, Benno Wallace asks, "What was your favorite sports headline in 2021?" I don't know. Neither. I don't. I don't know. I don't really, I don't really pay attention. I mean, I read most of my stuff online where it's all SEO optimized stuff anyway. That's so it. my favorite headline was NRL 2021 colon South Sydney Rabbitohs defeat Manly Sea Eagles in preliminary final to reach grand final at Suncorp Stadium. Colon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one. Colmenos, which artist covering what song should have been higher and number one on a hottest 100? Uh I mean, I love Amy Shark's Fallout Boy cover. I have no idea if that was this year, though. I mean, you're right. Denzel Curry's Bulls on Parade is great. Um, win every also, year. that was also not this year. Um, I don't know year. because I don't know any of these things. Neither is the Like, I don't know no. any covers. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't know any like this year's like a versions until the Wiggles no. one played. I, yeah, I, I found out about that like a week before when Jack was like, oh, yeah, this Wiggles song's favorite to win the. And you voted the for 100. it. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I voted for it. Yeah, fucking why not? Yeah. Wiggles. Hilarious. Benny Quags. Following on from that, the Hottest 100 was, if the Hottest 100 was purely NRL anthems, which comes out on top, that's my team or this is our house. 
This that's is our house. This, that's well. I mean, are we sure those are the ones that are winning? Well, simply the best is not beating well, those. Simply two. the best. I think that's that was a pre-existing song though. Yeah, but well, I guess I mean, what's my scene is also a pre-existing song. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, yeah, that's like was this, this is a, our house. If a it's a popular song? vote. Simply the best is winning it by a distance. Yeah. Wait. Also, one year it was Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba, and they replaced the lyrics to be like, "We love the yeah. insert team name here." It was great. It was great. That's the second. Thank you. But no, that's um, my team is a, is is one I didn't like a lot then, but it's aged fantastically for me. They did re-record it with its own lyrics. I don't know. I think I think like because Simply the Best was literally just the Tina Turner song, right? It's yes. still awesome though. Crazy in hindsight, that would be like. What's the equivalent say? That's like getting like, is that like getting Beyonce to do like the NRL team song? Yeah, it's still nuts. It's ridiculous. Like, like at the time, Tina Turner was like, but, like literally like, like the one of the biggest musicians in the world. This, this is our house is like just a Bon Jovi song too, though, right? Uh, I have no idea. I know one Bon Jovi song. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big Bon Jovi guy either, but oh. I feel like that's is, just a Bon Jovi. Isn't song. that weird? Like, I don't want to go too much into the weeds, but like, I would it not be. It'd be ext- it's extremely weird when you meet someone and their favorite band is like one of those very, very huge bands that have like four songs that you heard on Triple M all the time when you're a kid. And then like, that's it. Like, it'd be really weird to me if you met someone like my favorite band is the Foo Fighters or like the Red Hot Would Chili Peppers. I don't know. Foo- yeah. I think Chili- yeah. Chili's is in Foo's. Bon Jovi, I think, bon is the weirdest. Bon Jovi would be the weirdest. Yeah. Yeah. My like favorite bon Jovi band is Bon Jovi. Name the, the, name the three Bon Jovi uh, songs. That, no, I know that, two of them. Bad Medicine. You give love a bad name, and um, it's uh, the the main one. We might have we mean you might have living on a prayer. Us. Living oh, on a prayer. And it's, it's my, my life. life. Yes, four. Four. and the rugby league one. Five. We did it. Five. Let's Mate, go. Five. That's almost the greatest hits. I got that. <laughs> never say me and you don't know a Jove. Has Barnsley <laughs> never done a? Has Barnsley ever done an NRL? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the simply the best cover of. Just, <laughs> like, I don't know what does that count. Uh, if it does, it wins. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, what's what are the think... like? Because obviously, like we don't watch. Oh, what a dead or alive! There's a Bon Jovi song. Oh, there you go. Six. Um, we don't watch. Like we don't watch commercial TV now. So, um, like yeah. what has the song been in the last like since since the This Is Our House song? Like what's it been? Yeah. Do you know? Uh, no. Uh, I know, I'll probably hear it, but like I have absolutely no idea. But like, I was saying, like I was saying that Jimmy Barnes, he's the on to be the best. That's what I'm saying. Does that count? Like, it's not his song, but he's on there. He said, "Is he an NRL song? He's on to be the best." And as an anthem, right? With Tina um, Turner, that counts. What's What's the best club song? Well, yeah, I mean, I have to focus on the anthem. Uh, well, like, NRL... I mean, I can't even name that. Like, the Dragons had that god awful Green Day song. Like Souths have glory, glory, which is great, but it's used by like Man United and other clubs overseas. Like it's not yeah. really unique. Like Rooster Man is uh, shocking. Oh no, they've got that. Rooster have that other bullshit song where they call I them mean, like the Red, White, and Blues. That that fucking sucks. Um, Who let the dogs out is obviously a dreadful song. Um, any good? Oh, the, 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 the very homoerotic cowboy one. That one's good. I know the Cowboys you know one. Like, up you know here, we like, do things differently. Like no, the 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 but no, like the the pop song they play at the end when they win. They give your love to a cowboy man song. No, you I don't def- know one. Yeah, oh come on, yes you do. No, I know, I know the fucking tune they hear because they beat us all the time. But yeah, I mean, there's a the manly song. They all kind of suck, really. But you don't hear a lot of them that much. As yeah, you said, Scat like- Brothers, Life at the Outpost. That's the Cowboys one. Yeah, yeah it goes hard. Um, the Raiders. 
Oh, the right. Oh, Green Machine. That song bangs. Yeah, that's yeah. I think that's the best one. Okay, I'm trying to think. What is it? What's the the Knights one? Is like this town is our town or some shit, isn't it? Does the Storm just play Thunderstruck? Yeah, and oh, oh the Tiger. You. That's a shock. Well, yeah, garbage. Um, get, get out, out of my here. face. Um, let's go. Broncos right. sucks too. By the way. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think the, the Cowboys. Panthers one is like Mighty Panthers or some shit, isn't it? I can't uh, remember. All those old songs suck. The Roosters one is dreadful. Yeah. Yeah. Play Rooster Man instead, you freaks. I don't know. Uh, is the Storm one good? I no, it's so. it, no, it's got dumb shit in it. Like about like we're like we're lightning fast. We won't be beat. Does it mention Marcus By at all? It doesn't. It well then, what's the point? I don't know. And it's like wouldn't I can't remember. I've heard the Storm one a couple of times, but no, that's uh, again because they win a lot. No, I don't think there's any good NRL club songs bar the Bad and Green. Like, by the ones that have been co-opted, green like all the yeah. pre-existing songs. Like yeah, the Green Machine one is the only original song that is good. So I think that wins. Yeah. Okay. So the last couple of questions over on Twitter. Uh, Harry Ramage asks, when are you going to grow up and show some people in high positions the respect they deserve? Ha. Huh. Um, yeah, look, I got a lot of angry boomers uh, coming at me on the internet yesterday because I basically made the point that Grace Tame owes anyone, no, nobody anything. And also that like, if you are more outraged by a woman not smiling at a repulsive man that she's being forced to interact with than you are by the horrible crimes she's worked her life to shine a light on then you are a awful person with awful morals and you should fuck off there you go yeah uh the sean chand asked would you prefer replacement players or rescheduled games <laughs> or a bit of both uh finals rescheduled games even though i threatened to stop watching rugby league if they postpone the grand final um, and, oh, yeah, you're back. Uh, no, that was that's because it. No, that wasn't because of players though. That was because they were like, "Oh, the fans can't go." No, like, that, no it was a ridiculous take. Then it's no, I it's stand by it. worse I, I, now. It doesn't. Fuck you. You know what? That I'm was done. because no, it was to like get Tavita Pango's fit. Bullshit. Um, uh, replacing and it obviously would have changed the result. Well, you're a prick. It might have. He might have took taken someone's head off. I don't know. Um, I forgot that ridiculous take. I, I fuck you. Um, uh, yeah, during the season, replacement players finals, I guess, postponement, but like, let's just put everyone in bubbles for the finals. Don't take any risks. Uh, Glenn Smith here, he's talking about your mate Michael Venus reckons Kyrgios is an absolute knob and there is potential because he's the maturity of a 10 year old. True or false? I mean, Michael Venus name rhymes with penis, and I can't stress that enough. That's so mature if you noticed that. Well, thank you. And And his partner's name was Putz, so like. Listening to Penis and Putts over here for their opinions yeah. on public discourse. I think not. Get the hell out of yeah. here. Also, like and, uh, I said, I said this to you. It's like it's 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 not the exact same thing, obviously. Again, but like the thing with Kyrgios and Kokonak is making people care about doubles. Is like it's almost like when Conor McGregor started getting big in the UFC and he was fighting guys and they all hated him, but at the same time, like he was the reason people were watching them. And it's yeah. like, mate, without those two, you and Putts would have been on court seventeen in front of eight people. So, you know, shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, well, he won a, he has got one grand slam to his name, old, uh, this Venus guy, uh, the French right. Open with uh, Ryan oh, Harrison in 2017. Yeah. There you go. Well, uh, congratulations to him. He lost in the, lost in the mixed doubles as well, I think. So, yeah, two losses. That. Yeah, loser. Uh, two more questions. Mert, one asks, is Milford and Newcastle calm with them being a shit fan base? Well, what? 
I mean, what? Milford's not going to go there. <laughs> Next question, David Hunter. What movie are you guys looking forward to most this year? <laughs> I don't even Milford? understand the question. Just cop it. Just, okay. just, just move past it. All right. Uh, what, what movies are you guys looking forward to in 2022, Bungers? Oh, Avatar 2, definitely. Is it, oh, yeah. And then Avatar no. 3. Yeah, exactly. A little double header. What about um, the Uncharted is, movie? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that as a joke as well. Fuck. Like, Charlie was like, is it this like the same as the video game? I'm like, yes. She's like, you're going to go see it? I'm like, no. What about like, Fantastic Beats? This is based The Secret of Dumbledore. Are you going to keep on. doing this? And then, <laughs> like, and then every no, shitty the, popcorn movie. Have I you don't seen the movie? See. The movie poster that one's great because, like, obviously they've gone. You know what? People don't care about Fantastic Beats. I mean, Beats, Mitchell, there is a very, there is a very clear answer to this question for both me and you. Oh, Sonic the Hedgehog two. No, no, like I'm being sincere. Like we've made plans to go and break our solo movie thing to go uh, and watch it. Top Gun Maverick. Are you going to keep doing this? Although I will see Top yes. Gun Maverick. That'll be Jurassic strange. World Dominion. You know the answer, right? Stop stalling. Black Adam. I'm just going to, you got one more joke <laughs> answer. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to watch Then you're going to do what? No, gonna I'm going to say that you don't know the answer and you're going to be mad at yourself. Am I? No, I was, I'm too busy on the joke answers to figure oh, okay. the real answers. Anyway, so. the answer is Jackass Forever. Yeah, which is the one that's going to be fantastic, but it's going to be so good. Um, there's a Buzz Lightyear movie. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I'll well, watch it. We can't like, just let things Story. die, Bunker. No, of course they can't. Not. They um, can't just disappear. <laughs> uh, oh, Jordan Peele's doing another horror movie. It's called Nope. So that should be, be all right then. Uh, there's um, another Minions movie. Oh, great! I so, haven't seen the last six. How many are there? I've seen Despicable Me one. I don't know. All I know is the next one's called The Rise of Gru, and it's like, well. Hang on, Glad. hasn't the whole thing been about Gru? Yeah, so what? Yeah, we need to know the rise of Gru though. But we don't know enough about Gru. Uh um, I will say this is a weird one, but so there's a Chip and Dale movie coming out, starring Andy Samberg, directed by Akiva, one of the other guys from The Lonely Island. So, and also a Sesame Street movie starring Bo Burnham and Chance the Rapper. Well, maybe that has to be good. They have to be good there. So they uh, have to be. Uh, they'll, make, they'll bounce out like Puss in Boots 2 is coming out like it's like what? all the good movies got delayed and they were came out recently after coronavirus now they're like fuck it get the shit ones out in 2022 all the sequels I mean look and I will say the cast for the Mario movie is actually pretty good but like I can't get hyped for it no I, I, I you know what I'm a massive believer in good cast doesn't fucking matter for animated films that's true too. no is it isn't it live action though is it I, I don't know. Animated. Well, Chris Pratt's playing Mario. Yeah, but is he? Is, is he, he just putting a mustache? Is he on the voice? Is he... Isn't it? Is he I don't know. I have on? no idea. It's a no, CGI it's animated. Film. There you go. It see? is. All right. There you cool. go. I thought that. Like yeah, I like, Anna Taylor Joy's in it, but I can't see her. So what's the no, point? I hate. I, I, that's one of the things I can't cannot stand with animated I, films. Now it's become look, about you know uh, featuring these fifteen <laughs> people's voices. Having said that, there's like Jack Black's in the car. If Jack Black's playing Yoshi, I might have to see it. Yeah, but you see, Jack Black can actually voice act. There's a difference. That's true. Like, and I like Charlie Day. Why is he the voice of Luigi? I mean, that's pretty funny. I mean, if he's gonna make, it's, it could be funny, but it's, I don't think that's what they're going for. If you get me, you What's know. What's Sam but... Worthington done since Avatar One? Nothing. He's been in like um, forty films. I'm just look pulled up his Wikipedia. Of, of good. I've not heard of most of these. I haven't but yeah, seen any like, of them. I could. I couldn't stand when they did like the you know, Lion King fucking movie and it's like oh he's all doesn't fucking matter it's like when yeah, it's true all the good voice actors animated films when we were younger none of us are their fucking names or well, we know I mean, Gilbert Gottfried 
I, I mean, <laughs> look, like... I, I agree with your overarching point, but the greatest animated film of all time had Tim Allen and Tom Hanks as the main voice actors. Yes, so. and also Robin Williams, great as well. I get that, but actually, I don't but then, think you need then, then the lesser cast is like Don Rickles and 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 John yeah. Ratzenberger and stuff. So yeah, you're right. So I don't need twenty. I, I hate that stuff, mate. And it, and it obviously costs more to do it, but it's like. Animated films, the drawer is not supposed to be the person's voice, uh, the voice actor. Obviously, what it becomes they... part of the icon, but it's supposed to be like when Aladdin first came out, Robin Williams didn't want it. Remember, he had the dispute with Disney because he didn't want his name advertised. Well, no, I don't remember that because we were three. Well, you remember the story of. <laughs> Obviously, I don't remember it either. Okay. I remember the movie and I watched a lot, but he was like, dispute. That's why he didn't come out with Disney for the second film. Like, he had a dispute. He didn't want, like, he wanted the movie to be the movie, advertised the movie. And he, like, had a massive dispute with them over when they advertised like Robin Williams in. He said, no, let the movie do the talking. What's you um know? like why why couldn't they get Jonathan Taylor Thomas back for the remake of it? Couldn't have been busy. Not a big enough name, mate. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, that piece of, but they got James L. Jones back. Great. But then they didn't yeah. get Rowan Atkinson back. They got John Oliver to do instead. Poor shit. I didn't see oh, it. it well, Rowan Atkinson must be dead then. That's the assumption, right? Well he, he's very much alive. I know. But um, he got it. Mr. Bean got like 10 million subscribers on YouTube the other week. He got presented with a golden button. It was crazy. That's great. Um, yeah. I, I look. I, I don't like remakes of things in general. Um, and look, the the first Lion King movie was like a perfect animated movie. Like it didn't need to be done again. But it made 700 million dollars. So I guess I can just go fuck myself. <laughs> Sweet. Anyway, we should probably wrap this up. It's like seven hours long. I can yeah. still go. go last ten minutes has been us like yelling at each other. So yeah, I mean, that's that's, that's a podcast. That's, that's the podcast. That's, that's a podcast. That's, that's how podcasts usually work. That's every podcast works. It's my uh, turn to speak. Um, yeah. <laughs> you told me it was got, my turn. I've got the conch, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, let's get a conch. But it's a f- hollowed out football. Let's let's it's bet deep. Campo next year for okay. a conch. <laughs> Medvedev's losing, by the way. He might lose. He's lost two yeah, sets. Yeah, he's, he's, he's down two sets. I know that. And uh, I've got another dud tennis tip of him winning 3 0, but we go yeah, again. Well, yeah, well, you just love tennis for four more days and then we don't care anymore. Yeah, no, All then right. I'll like check how Rafa's going and Kiro's going. Then I'll stop watching the rest of them. Anyway, let's get out of here. Vamos. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. That's goodbye from me. <laughs> <laughs>